Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 122, a very special episode where we cover Jeff Keighley's video game Jamboree 21 style. I'm in for it. Apostrophe 21 style. <laughs> yeah. Another year of, of game awards and world premieres and world eating. World eating. The world eater has regurgitated his his sponsored goods for the populace. And now we've got so many treats. Sonic is let loose onto the earth, not once, but twice. <laughs> we got double dip Sonic on this one. It's wow. a good year to be a Sonic fan. Wow. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a huge year for the blue man. Blur. The what? Get it right. Blue blur. Blue burr. Blue blur. Bill Burr? <laughs> no, not Bill Burr. <laughs> okay, yeah, and yeah. then a bunch of other shit, I think. I kind of forget. It wasn't super standout. <laughs> you, you know, for as much as he hyped it up on Twitter mm. and everywhere else as it was going to be the, 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 the fulcrum into the future of gaming, <laughs> he said it. <laughs> it. It just felt like a kind of another, like, year of not even status quo stuff just like kind of you know mild temper announcements and releases and stuff like that i think every game awards is an inoculation against next year's game awards Mm -hmm. where like because he had said he had said beforehand on his little tweet space Mm -hmm. that we were going to get no less than like four to five elden ring reveal style like world premieres we did though what we we got an elden ring premiere (laughs) we got elden ring he was like oh yeah well you know Elden Ring still counts, <laughs> right? And then what else was like? What, what, what's the thing that people were putting their like hanging their hat on as like the biggest announcement? So, here? so probably. I mean, we knew about Suicide Squad, Squad. Kill the Justice yeah. League. I think getting the deep dive on that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what was the fucking thing? Maybe, man? maybe Wonder Woman. Maybe what? Star Wars Eclipse. I yeah, I think that maybe. that was an attention yeah. grabber, and then and then the shoe dropped. Yeah, <laughs> pretty hard. I would think maybe like Alan Wake two, Slitterhead, and then the Destiny two thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel the pain. Okay, he promised me that we were going to be interactive pioneers, mm-hmm. blazing a course across the metaverse, mm-hmm. and and flipping off NFTs. I'm glad there was kind of a light amount of metaverse speak in yeah. things because i ugh. this yeah. could have been the year where he like leaned into it really hard fucking bring out mark zuckerberg to do a right. whole demo hideo would have some words yeah. about that he's like i warned you about this in metal gear solid 2 the sons of liberty <laughs> well you you and nick of make monsters yeah at twitch.tv you you did a co-op stream of it we which did. you guys have been doing this award a show thing I guess for like the last year or so between yeah. like last year's Game Awards, E3. Did you do Summer Game Fest? I forget. I think we did the first one or something. We yeah. definitely did the PlayStation. Uh, it wasn't a state of play. It was like Showcase. Yeah. The one where Spider-Man and Wolverine were there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking That's what that I'm talking hot. about. That was that hotness. Okay. I wanted that level of hotness. The hype I didn't get. So like, I don't know if it's... Although Alan Wake 2 is fucking... Yeah. That's the shit. That was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. No. I don't think anybody it's really a banger. Was. So I don't know if it's maybe that these companies are holding these releases for like, you know, their own events or maybe E3 or Summer Games Fest, State Mm -hmm. of Plays, Nintendo Directs, like however they want to handle it, right? Um, Or maybe that, you know, we're still in a pandemic, double year, double whammy, and, you know, maybe production and development is still kind of at a standstill for a lot of projects. Things things can come out slower. Developers are going to play things close to their chest because they can't give us like, you know, promise dates. Uh, anymore i get that mm-hmm. i get that all but i think in response to that this show's got to be way shorter 
Three hours is so self-indulgent. Th- three plus hours, too, three plus considering, hours like, pre-show, the, yeah. the pre-show. And I'm just like, come on, your pre-show isn't even, like, you know, fluffing me. Like, uh, nah. like somebody on set of a porno, right? It just, it, nah. it gives me time to maybe make a snack. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And the big thing is, it, it, it does feel um, slightly disingenuous to, like, remove the focus on why we're there. To call it the Game Awards. And then mm-hmm. it's like, that is, like, 4% of the show versus, like, just world premieres, world premieres, world premieres. Because uh, there was a lot of stuff there. I was like, I guess this is cool. I guess this is for somebody. Mm-hmm. Why are we spending the time on it beyond like, I guess it's just, um, I get that it's like the platform for it, right? But I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know what? You, you need to curate this show a little bit better. There was, there was a bunch of fucking like, why are we talking about this? Cool. Among Us is VR or whatever. Forget, mm-hmm. get, get the fuck out of here with this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's one of my, I have a few critiques of the show. Yeah. And we'll get into it probably into like it. towards the back half because we're doing kind of this episode in, in two different big news chunks. We got news at the top, Game Awards at the back, right? Right. But I think, you know, for Jeff Keighley to be curating these events now twice a year between Game Awards and Summer Games Fest, like, you need to really, too like... Too much Keighley. Too much Keighley? Too much Keighley. You know, I'll put in a vote for that. I think there's too much. Too much Keighley. I'm tired of seeing his smug Canadian face all over the place. He's Canadian, know? huh? Yeah. Hey. Mm, that explains a lot of it. <laughs> but for him to be doing all this stuff, like, I know he wants it to be these big celebrations of gaming that, like, he's at the head of. He's the Sherpa of all this stuff. But I feel like, you know, if you're going to make people come to these events or you're going to make us watch them or do watch-alongs, like, respect our time. force us this year. Respect our time. <laughs> make sure, like, if you're going to have be that long, have exciting pacing, right? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people criticize it for, like, aspects where it's like, okay, we don't really need the musical performances. Okay, do we really need it to be this commercial, like, blockbuster event? Okay, why aren't we paying attention to the developers and the awards aspect of it? The awards like, feel like drive-bys yeah, exactly. <laughs> at this point, right? It, it's weird to have this thing where you're building up to the climax of what is Game of the Year, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it does in the way that, I don't know, I'm going to pull from a weird place, but the Video Music Awards did for like oh. MTV, where I feel like there was such a natural progression between performances and that. And then they would obviously do like, here's a cool like movie trailer, like oh here's Matrix Reloaded or something. Oh yeah, sure, sure. You know? I haven't watched the VMAs yeah. for like 14 years. I gotta tell you, I, I have no interest. But it's it's just weird. I, don't I hate know. music, is what I'm trying to you say. You do hate music. Yeah, I fucking hate. You don't have a single record. Sound or irritates sound me in this room. You know, like just noise. You have that problem where you don't like the sound of like tintinobulations and like metal banging, right? What are these Scraping. words? Tintinobulations. Uh, tinted ovulations. Is that a corn song? <laughs> Did Atticus Ross produce yeah, that? It's off of Essential Corn too. <laughs> oh shit! Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's weird, and I know like it's this hype machine to drive like engagement and get advertisers in there, right? So sure. he can fuel his Jeff Keighley Ouroboros of next event to next right. event. But like, it's getting more powerful. It's it's getting a little tired. It's a little tired because this is what like the sixth <clears throat> Game Awards we've gotten. Uh, we can assume. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think it just needs to be dialed back a little bit, a little more focus on the developers, mm-hmm. do something special for the devs that put the hard work into these games. Because, again, mm-hmm. it feels very flyby to be like, hey, uh, this fucker won for Best Archer. Okay, bye. A- anyway, here's a world premiere. <laughs> here's, here's a list of, like, three categories. Yeah. Quick announcements, and that's it. Yeah. And then, yeah. All right, let's spend 10 minutes on a fucking game that's uh, early access. <laughs> like, shut up. What? <laughs> First of all, you're if you're in early access, you don't deserve... You don't deserve a trailer up there, okay? You don't get it. I think the the real blemish on the whole thing. Is, I need right? finished games. <laughs> no more alphas. No more pre alphas. Nothing. Bring bring the fucking bulk, Kevin bring says. Bring the thing. Give me day and date. 
releases. I want to see Fallout 5 underneath my chair. But I feel like Jeff. Game Awards really hasn't been like that day and date machine. No. Never. It's like, let's drive hype for like next year season, right? Yeah. Let's celebrate what happened this year and... Yeah, it's, it's so late year. in the year, it doesn't make sense for like yeah. shit to come out like December like 18th or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes sense. Um, we could have cut at least all seven minutes of Imagine Dragons to make more time for presenters and things. I think I walked away to get a beer during Imagine Dragons. So it, pretty it, sure. In my top moments of the showcase, yeah. it was definitely seeing everybody in Nick's chat like just lose their mind over Imagine Dragons and, and not in a good way. Not in a great way. And you guys just be like come on, like groaning and disappointed by the whole yeah. display of it. Yeah, I have no tolerance for Imagine Dragons, who apparently is having a a big year in video games since they do the uh the intro to Arcane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sting showed up. Yeah. He started. He started the show. Wait, wait, yeah, right? We're getting deep diving into this. We need to, yeah. we need to save that for yeah. the end of the show. There's so many things. But, but, but we do have some news. But first, first, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah, for sure. I must tell the world who we are. We are, of course, the save room. We are the throat goats of video game podcast. The throat goats? <laughs> no. You brought in a Nancy Reagan <laughs> reference. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash the save room show. Or check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and podcast servicing where you can find them. Could you imagine, like, posthumously getting all this, like, acclaim for just being so good at sucking dick? Uh, yes. Yes, and I've been waiting for my time in the sun. <laughs> well, your time in the sun is going to come yeah. over at twitch.tv slash the Red Herb, where you play video games. You're doing a lot of Halo yeah. these days. Doing a lot of the Halo these days, dude, because we had the campaign drop this week, yeah. and let me tell you. How exciting. That campaign's the tits. It's very good. Capital G. Lowercase v, confusing that we do it that way. Uh, otherwise, you can find us, uh, I think you were trying to say, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Red Herb. I'm doing I did Halo. Say that. Daniel has been doing some surprise streams behind my back at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. It's true. I planned that. Doing, That's great. Doing a little deathy door, huh? Yeah, well, you were supposed to stream on Friday, but you decided it's going to be Kevin's big night to hit the town. Yeah. going to go crazy in Seattle. Decision. I was coerced into going sure. to a to a work function. And I did not function well at the end of the you, night. You seem like you were having fun. You were wearing a funny hat. I wore a funny hat. Like, that you always see in like holiday photos after yeah. the fact. I was eating deviled eggs mm-hmm. left and right. Very yeah. salty. Very salty. <laughs> you're, you're texting in the Discord. You're like, Daniel, I'm drunk. And then, yes. you, then you came home and I saw. You and saw then, the truth. And then the next morning I heard. You did hear. So it was a cycle of, of Kevin just having been out but yeah that that <laughs> night i was like all right kevin's probably gonna be gone for like maybe an hour or two he'll probably be back at 9 30 no maybe i could slip in a, a quick a quick death door stream while, while kevin's gone right and yeah. uh I, I did all right on having fun it was cozy yeah i got my um my nice little fire and ice like purple light going on the background oh yeah it's my gamer light i want a gamer light and uh I have no light in my life <laughs> wow yeah what about me yeah man <laughs> keep saying what you're saying <laughs> uh, but yeah it was nice and cozy i'm doing the the final trophy run right now in death store i have one trophy left which is beating the game a second time with just the umbrella which it's super underpowered uh yeah. it makes every fight like two times longer it's a gaff the devs are having a gaff at you yeah it's it's a meme trophy for sure yeah. but yeah i'm that's having nice. i love that it's probably gonna be like the last trophy for like most players and it's like the meme trophy that's funny it 
makes me wish there was like a new game plus feature where I could just roll into the next game with all my stats. Cause like, Oh, you can't No, you have to start like a fresh new save file oh for my it. Goodness. Yeah. So That's like rude. Yeah. So first playthrough, like a hundred percent of it, got all the collectibles, yeah. got the hidden ending, which I guess is supposed to make sense for Titan souls fans. Sure. Um, and it, yeah, it was pretty cool. But then afterwards it's like, all right, time to get this last trophy. Got to start over from the beginning again. Yeah. Got to get this umbrella. I don't know. Got to do the work with the umbrella. But I'm getting through. It's. I thought I'd be done with it by now, yeah. but I yeah. got sucked back into the vortex that is Marvel's Avengers. Of course. So you know. Of course. Spider Man came out. How how could we not get sucked back into the vortex of the Avengers, <laughs> the totally functional, not busted uh, game by Crystal Dynamics yeah. and Square Enix? Before we get into the the start of the news, I want to ask you since we haven't yeah. talked about this on the show yeah, just yeah, yeah. yet, how do you feel? about the inclusion of one spider-man the spider man yeah, himself think he, think he plays well Do you he think is a good fun fit? i will give you the, the the verdict is fun but with a lowercase f so <laughs> okay. his swinging mechanics are going to be contentious because they are not up to par with insomniac's vision my man is uh swinging from the invisible air from god's uh uplifting <laughs> rays <laughs> and he sometimes he'll throw a web on like a side of a building or a tree but mostly you're gonna be flying from the air which is funny mm-hmm. and the swinging mechanics feel more akin to how beanox used to do their spider-man games like the indoor fucking spider-man games where like web slinging it was not the thing it was more about like i don't know classic like uh level design or whatever mm-hmm. um but I will say I like his kid a lot. He's super fast. Um, he is very uh, evasive, agile, and you get rewarded for doing like perfect dodges and such where you get like your your intrinsic meter when it builds up all the way. Uh, you don't have to stun enemies to get uh, the takedown. Oh, nice. Uh, what do you call it? The takedown prompt mm-hmm. against him, which is really cool because it rewards you for being like evasive, which is nice. Very spidey, right? Everything feels very spidey. A lot of the animations seem like they were fucking lifted right out of Insomniac's uh, Spider-Man, which is, I think, is 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 fine because yeah. like somebody did something golden and perfect. What are you gonna do? Reinvent the wheel for fucking Avengers? No, no way. <laughs> you know, but um, he's fun. His uh, costumes suck. Most of his costumes are all paywalled and they're all garbage mm-hmm. and they're all like palette swaps of the same garbage. I mean, that's the problem with most of the cosmetics in that game. Yes. I don't know how that happened where the, this game has, like, some of the worst cosmetics in any Marvel anything. Like, just, like, no imagination to them. And even when they do the movie costumes, it looks like um, when they put uh, wax replicas in a museum of mm. actors. That's what it looks like. It's so weird where it's like, that's not quite the fit, mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, this is wrong. But I guess that's Brad Pitt if yeah. you squint. Yeah, everything's wrong. Well, it's crazy to me, too, because, like, we're still getting new skins and suits. Well, I'll just say, we're getting new suits in the remastered version of uh, Spider-Man for the I PS4. know, and those look shit hot. Yeah, right? you get the No Way Home suits in there now. Uh-huh. It's like, fuck. Uh-huh. And then, by contrast, like, it, I think it was a week later, Fortnite comes out, and they're like, oh, we have Spider-Man now. Yeah. And he looks, that that animation and, and style looks really crisp, yep. and apparently he's a lot of fun. Apparently his web-slinging is really good in that yeah. game, too. So it's it's really embarrassing for for Avengers. Like, it it's like the universe set forth a field of rakes mm-hmm. and has asked Crystal Dynamics to just run until they see the horizon. It, it It's terrible. Unfortunate. <laughs> like, this game, oh my god. And yet I still like the game! Mm-hmm. I still have fun with the game. We're still grinding out trying to do hives, even though I'm very confident that the trophies are busted and will never pop for us. Ever. 
That's so upsetting, right? Like I, I've definitely done the challenge where uh, you play 30 missions on rank three mm-hmm. or, or harder. I've definitely done that. I've had this game for over a year. I fucking played hundreds of hours of this game. I feel like some of the trophies and progress got lost between like the PS4 and PS5 versions. And for then... me, it was the opposite. Oh, really? Where yeah. they weren't popping on PS4 and then some of them popped on PS5 mm. when I switched. And now there's some that are just deadlocked. Yeah. And, and they'll never go back and fix it. Like a lot of no. their solutions on like the um, support forums is just like oh just delete your save and start over and you're like you're out of your fucking mind if you think i'm going to start marvel's avengers over to build a character up to level 150 to do 50 more hives yeah you're out of your mind get the fuck out of here you're out of your mind. i'm not doing that it's not a, it's not a solution for a yeah. game that i've poured this many hours into yeah. the only solution is to be angry and still play it for some reason mm-hmm. well i got three trophies left and yeah. i'm trying to get it i'm my Thor is maxed out. I'm in hero level now. I'm trying to get Kate and, and Black Panther up there as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The superhero Kate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Hawkeye show is pretty good. That Hawkeye show is Hawkeye pretty hot. Pretty good. Pretty good. Lots of cool reveals. Cool character work. Good mm-hmm. stuff right there. Good stuff. But now it's not the time for that, Kevin. No, it's not. We'll get it's into not. that. We'll do something else for that later. We want to get in some news, Yeah, buddy. we got a lot of episode here, man. I got a lot of episode for you. Okay. We're talking about Jeff Keighley having pacing issues, but we can't even get to the news. Listen, we, we only know to give them the feedback because we suffer it. True, true. <laughs> it is a, an affliction that we have. But who will give us the feedback? Um, people have for years. Remember one, one person was like, you should do micro content. Have like five minute videos where you talk. And you're like, you think I can talk about anything for less than <laughs> no, fucking five minutes? No. Get the fuck We're out white of here. people. We have opinions. Exactly. Come on. Now, I've got three items on here and two thirds of them are upsetting. Let's go with number one, the non-upsetting thing. (laughs) Sony is cooking up a Game Pass rival. That's right. Now, Xbox Game Pass is the best value in video games, and Phil Spencer didn't pay us to say that. It's absolutely true. How do you think I'm playing Halo? Naturally, gamers on the PlayStation side of the fence have wondered if Sony will mirror their rival subscription service in some way. According to Jason Schreier, by way of Bloomberg, Yes. (laughs) Here's the news. Uh, This is a quote from him. The service, codenamed Spartacus, will allow PlayStation owners to pay a monthly fee for access to a catalog of modern and classic games, said the people. Literally in the article says, said the people. Don't understand. Who asked not to be identified because... So it's just a random swath of people that just like kind of know stuff. Because they weren't authorized to speak to the press about the plans, end quote. I never understand why anybody would agree, though, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be afraid for your job? Oh, that's a That's NDA breaker right there, right? You don't want to break law in the eyes of fucking Jim Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Jim Ryan's going to come for your ass. Anyway, the service will likely show up on both PS4 and PS5, the former having far more market penetration and the latter seemingly only available to scalpers. Sony plans on merging PlayStation Plus, which is currently required for online play, with PlayStation Now, granting users access to a catalog of games. The PlayStation Plus branding is likely to stay, while PlayStation Now will be more like PlayStation Then, as it will be phased out. Do you like that? PlayStation Then, because it's yesteryear, it's fucking old news, it's it's uh, it's dirty sneakers, it's it's it's, it's just gone. It's pretty clever, dude. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Expected to launch in the spring, the service will feature three tiers. The first will be the standard PS Plus model. The second will include a large catalog of PS4 games with PS5 titles down the pipeline. And the third will include streaming, extended demos, and, quote, a library of classic PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games. End thy quote. No Vita? No Vita games, Kevin? 
Uh, I guess there wasn't a lot of life for the Vita, if you know what I'm... Because Vita means... It does. PlayStation then. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, are you excited for this uh, game pass-alike? Sir. PlayStation fan, Sony Pony, Daniel. Nailed it. Yeah. Those those are all things that are me. Um, I, yeah, I've been wanting something like this for a while. Yeah. Um, and it just, it made sense that they were eventually going to do it, right? Because, like, Sony's got to do what the competitors are doing in ways. And they already seem like they're years behind in terms of some of the more progressive stuff that, that Xbox is doing. Right? I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. But we always have to remember that uh, they, they felt they had the upper hand and still technically do when mm. it comes to just pure hardware sales, yeah. right? And so they're like, why the fuck do we have to do anything for these piss ants? Yeah. They got the Criterion collection of games. They got yeah. this fucking monolith of a console. Yeah. All this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic for it, right? Because, mm. like, I'm wondering, pricing-wise, like, how expensive is this going to be? In terms of catalog, is it going to be, like, a drip-fed catalog that we're kind of getting in, like, the Nintendo Switch Online space? Or is it going to be, like, a, a regular cadence of releases and, and content? That So, the, on the pricing point, that is the sticking point. Because mm-hmm. right now, PS Plus is, like, 50 bucks for the year, right? 60. It's actually. 60 bucks? 60 for bucks year. for the year. For Game Pass by itself, you can pay, like, 10 to 15 bucks. What? You know, it's like uh, what? Like again, that doesn't include Xbox Online. I think there's that's a, the the Ultimate Pass or whatever for yeah. what, like thirty ish or so. Still, they're doing way better on the price points uh, on the Xbox front than PlayStation is. So if they're if they come at you and say we want you to spend more than sixty dollars for these other tiers, you, that's not no, <laughs> that's not good. That's terrible, right? You have to lower the price of your plus to get people into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think it needs to be like forty dollars a year. But, yeah, I feel like we, we might run into that old Sony avarice, right? Where Sony's just like, we got the we got the fucking numbers. You pay up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm afraid of that. Uh, the other thing is, like, I'm not as interested in streaming games. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I don't have PS Now as much as just being able to download it, which is great uh, with, uh, what do you call it, Game Pass? Game yeah. Pass allows you to do that, so... I would love to see that integration, but I think another big drawback is that Sony is never going to be of the mind to do day and dates. They're never going to do a day and date like, oh, here's our here's God of War Ragnarok for free if you get like uh, our second tier. No. no way, no way. That's not how they function. That's not how they think. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. I'd be shocked. I'm not saying it can happen. I would be fucking shocked if Sony did that, right? So I, I don't know. so it already feels like eh. the the thing for me. Is, are you actually going to dig into your back catalog? Mm-hmm. Are we going to fulfill this fucking promise? We've we've reported for fucking years on this show, because mm-hmm. we're game journalists, of, oh, Sony filed a patent for PS1 emulation and blah, 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 trophies for older games and stuff, and nothing has happened. <laughs> is this it, finally? This could this could be it, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But it's, it's all in the way they handle it, too, right? Because, like, emulation... Ooh, it's it's a tricky beast. We, we're seeing it with Nintendo right now. Those are some ugly emulated Nintendo 64 oh, yeah. games. That's not good. Um, and yeah, to your point, like how <clears throat> PlayStation now currently handles it, I don't love the idea of having to stream these games. Like I would love to be able to just download it and yeah. fucking you know add to cart and play with it. And then you know when I when I lose my subscription, I lose the game. Fair enough, right? Sure. But yeah, I I mean I did a a week trial of PlayStation now back before Red Dead. Two came out and I was playing the first Red Dead and I was like, "Ooh, this is 
not good latency wise it was rough yeah Mm. and i mean it's all contingent too on like your your local network as well so um yeah i i do want to see a healthy catalog of of games for sure because like there there's playstation history is illustrious right with jrpgs action adventure games fighting games like all the stuff all these iconic mascots chaos legion chaos legion there you go well, that was it. <laughs> and it would just be like a, a, a bummer to be like, all right, well, here's your 20 PlayStation 1 games. Here's your 20 PlayStation 2 games. Yeah. But I could see them doing shady shit with it anyway. I wouldn't even say shady. I would just say like... Bullish. I don't know. Second thought. <laughs> well, last thought kind of shit with it. Well, yeah, because wasn't it Jim Ryan like a few months ago or like last year was like, I don't like understand why people would want to play older games. Yeah, it was like four years ago. <laughs> uh, but he did say that. It was like a Gran Turismo um, showing for like mm-hmm. one of the newer ones. And he was like, yeah, we had the we had the booth set up for like one and two and three. And he's like, I just didn't get why people would want to play these. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I get that if you're thinking of games as iterative in the sense that like who would want to play Madden 01, right? Mm-hmm. No one does. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but when we're talking about like these classic design games, you know, the older crashes and stuff. Yeah. I feel like we need to to how would you say what's the word? uh have continuity for these titles they Mm -hmm. they mattered they informed our past and past performance informs where our future is going so it's like come on man don't let these games die plus kevin wants to play resident evil the original trilogy Mm -hmm. instead of um only having access to the remake as the only like tank controlled game oh that and code veronica but that Everyone knows Code Veronica's a piece of trash. Yeah. And agrees with that opinion wholeheartedly. For me, there's like a few PlayStation 1 games I'd love to go back to. Some like, PS2 games are cool too. Yeah. Play Soul Reaver. Well, Chaos I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more in it for like the PS2 and like PS3 games for sure. You, you could play uh, versions of GTA that function. <laughs> you could have a lot of fun with those. <laughs> oh, man. I could play Okami. I could play Ico. I could play all yeah. these all these games. You can play Okami now, dog. Uh, yeah. There, there's an <laughs> HD port yeah. remaster of that for every generation, every console right now. Yeah. It's like as available as Skyrim, I feel like. It's the game that Capcom really wanted to like have hit and it didn't quite when it came out mm-hmm. but they've re-released it for like every generation <laughs> just hoping that one day it'll be the leap home <laughs> yeah so i there are a big a few important <clears throat> things here for me right pricing um you know if you're gonna maybe bundle all three of these in together into like one super tier yeah. it can't be more than like a hundred 120 dollars a year for all of it no that'd be ridiculous yeah. especially since the competition has you fucking aced in that department yeah. well yeah, i think no way i think games pass ultimate though is like over 100 bucks for the year is it yeah because I, I was trying to look at the pricing and like i was seeing as low as 10 dollars a month so piece that out like 12 months that's 120 dollars right there yeah we'll see what the 12 month is um <clears throat> and the thing that sucks currently about playstation plus is that you only have three different incremental options really like you can you can do a month. Well, sorry, maybe four. You could do a month. You could do three months, uh, six months, and then a year. But I think there should be more like economical value. Why can I find uh, a year of this? I was having trouble on Amazon yeah. right now. I was What's having trouble on? finding it, so I had to do the fucking because like the, the the math in my head. The three month is like forty four ninety nine, and it's like I don't feel like I spend that much on Game Pass. And then there's like so it, this one's fifteen for one month. Mm-hmm. Maybe that shakes out. That shakes out. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. 
Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a big part of it too. And then like, what, what's the value that you're giving me? Right. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily need to have day and date games, but I want to know that the PlayStation four and PlayStation five catalog of games you're going to give me is, is healthy. Right. And is, um, a well-rounded selection of games that showcases what, you know, last gen and this gen is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's really it. Right. Yeah, like it's it's, so, it's pretty simple. Like I don't think that it's it's it fucks me up in the head that they fucked up PlayStation now so bad and they fucked up their curation and backwards compatibility so many times. This is your time to get it right. Like this this is it. If you don't get it right, people are gonna look at you and be like, "Well, your competitors are doing it. Why can't you?" So I'm just really fucked up on math right now. Yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> they tricked me with the months. So if I'm spending, let's say, fifteen dollars. 12 months that's like 180 I'm yeah it saying. comes out to like almost like 180 190 dollars right so their deal like has to be around like so for the year so for three months mm-hmm. it's 44 dollars right mm-hmm. so let's how many how many months are in a year 12 <laughs> 12 so 44 times 44 44 times four <laughs> save roommates he's looking at 176 so we're around the 180 he's range. good at a lot of things. so like i Math ps plus i'm just 60 bucks yeah right and if they're like so they can reasonably get away with something that's like uh, comparable to like 170 or whatever the fuck it is for a year. I want to see how much is PlayStation now for a Ooh, year. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. It was like 10 bucks a month, so it's got to be at least 120. <laughs> 1, 3, and 12 month subscriptions. Yeah. I hate that they bury it. They make it so fucking hard. Okay, so yeah, PlayStation now is 60 bucks for a year. Okay. So sixty for PlayStation now, sixty for PlayStation Plus. Merge them. Yeah, you could you can get away with charging 120. people one hundred twenty bucks on that for sure. I thought I was getting better deals over here on the PlayStation front because I was or the Xbox front. Turns out no, that's how they tricked me. They tricked me because I don't like thinking about math. I think the one thing they and they won't do it at this point, but like just try it. Maybe walk away from the idea of making your your consumers pay to use an online service to play games. Yeah. Right? Like it's kind of silly. Like and we had this in the. The PlayStation 3 generation, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's free like, online. Yeah, where online yeah. was free. Go back to that idea and then put all this, you know, value into, like, you know, these subscription tiers. Servers ain't cheap, buddy. I know, I get it. Servers ain't cheap. They gotta they gotta keep on burning up the ozone with these PlayStation servers so you can get online and, and play your, uh, your, your vanguards and uh, knock out city. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be interested to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um... But if this actually happens, like, next year, cool. Mm-hmm. So that means we'll probably hear about this in a state of play. And I think we've always been waiting for, like, what are you doing for, like, backwards compatibility? And this seems like oh, yeah. the closest to, like, what they're going to try to do. But I think it's going to be drip feed for sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be like, oh, yeah, this month, PS1 game is this. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. I could see them doing it in a in a model like they're doing currently with PlayStation Plus where you get, like, what, four games, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they do four games a month where it's like, here's your PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, or, and Vita game. Yeah. Or not Vita, uh, PSP game. And then that's it. Yeah, but I think the wonder of, like, the Xbox uh, Game Pass, uh, now known as uh, just Game Pass, uh, is that it's a catalog. It's a full catalog and not, like, like while they do have... They have consistent releases. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, like, shoveling shit off of the catalog either, right? Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Like, PS Plus right now, like, after the month, they're gone from, yeah. like, your freebies, right? Yeah, it's like this first-in, first-out policy of, like, yeah. all right, we're, we're even exchange. Like, I, I don't like know. that catalog. I mean, eventually games do cycle off of Game Pass, but, like, mm-hmm. the deals that they they uh, have with the devs or publishers, more than likely, is, uh, like, hey, can we get this for an extended period? Which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it the Netflix of gaming. Yeah. 
there's definitely that to consider with this whole thing as well like you know how are you going to compensate your developers and people to like allow these games to live on on this subscription service show me them papers right show me them contracts i'm interested in that shit yeah i may not be able to figure out the math behind what i'm paying currently <laughs> for these subscription services but i can definitely analyze a contract <laughs> well i've got a number two on here for you and it is uh kind of a big one are you ready I'm ready. Do you feel ready? For I'm time? ready. You want to take a sip of water or something? Yeah, let me get a sip. Get a sip right I'm like double fisting coffee and water right now. There we go. Yeah. Get that fist in there. Number two. Bungie CEO apologizes for the pain inflicted on past and current employees. CEO Pete Parsons wrote in Bungie.net, quote, I want to apologize to anyone who has ever experienced anything less than a safe, fair, and professional working environment at Bungie. I am not here to refute or to challenge the experiences we're seeing shared today by people who have graced our studio with their time and talent. Our actions, or in some cases, inactions, cause these people pain. I apologize personally and on behalf of everyone at Bungie who I know feels a deep sense of empathy and sadness reading through these accounts. End quote. Now you're probably asking yourself, what the hell happened, right? And I actually saw the responses before I read the article. Yeah. Like, is what happened on Twitter. Like, he was quick to, to, to talk to us. But he was engaged, of course. Um, like, he's seen snippets of the articles, guy IGN asked questions. But mm-hmm. his words are in direct response to, the, uh, to Rebecca Valentine's IGN article titled, The Battle for Bungie's Soul Inside the Studio's Struggle for a Better Work Culture. The report gathers anecdotes from 26 current and former employees at the studio behind such games as Halo and Destiny. Bungie's ills will sound familiar to anyone that's read reports for major studios like Rockstar, Riot Games, and Activision Blizzard. Included is stories of sexism, uh, racial prejudice, crunch, burnout, and an HR department that protected bad actors over victims. The article mainly focuses on the overworked narrative department, describing an underfunded team that suffered up to 100-hour weeks to crank out every new expansion for Destiny 2. It also describes the toxic behavior of a senior writer who would undermine the team's ideas and become outwardly aggressive when they felt their vision was being compromised. This resulted in an incident where said writer threw a chair at a window? Another leader on the narrative team was said to be a, quote, sexist nightmare, end quote, who would frequently submit last-minute script changes without informing peers. A subordinate described him as, quote, literally the worst person I ever worked for, end quote. The company apparently had a habit of exempting what it considered rock star team leads from consequences, despite numerous reports filed to HR. Quite often, marginalized groups at Bungie were the target of this behavior. Parsons wrote, quote, We are now reading and digesting the full story for the first time today. We believe the people whose behavior warranted removal from our company have been terminated or are no longer working for Bungie. But if new information comes to light, whether through this story or by named or anonymous people coming forward, we will act on that information and investigate with integrity." Multiple sources that IGN spoke to have noted that Bungie seems to be making an active effort to right its wrongs. Parsons detailed a list of initiatives and actions being taken, including the reformation of the Bungie Diversity Committee and, quote, the hiring of dedicated and highly respected leaders to better support our clubs, our people, and the focus on inclusion, diversity, and equity at Bungie, end quote. One source IGN spoke to wasn't impressed when the company publicly decried Activision's Blizzard's culture of harassment, calling the tweet frustrating. 
Quote, show us industry-defining progress in the treatment of marginalized employees that can't possibly be mistaken for virtue signaling. I want Bungie to be what it relentlessly, repeatedly required me to be. I want Bungie to be brave. End quote. So I will start off by saying I am not surprised by these anecdotes. Uh, This seems to be something that not just in the gaming industry, but every company of a size struggles with and not to say that smaller companies don't deal with the same thing too it seems very endemic there seems to be something very wrong and poisoned about work culture and treatment of individuals that i'm seeing like across the board Mm -hmm. everywhere uh a lot of this is super familiar stuff from like you know like i said there uh rockstar games had a lot of crunch problems like this activision blizzard was also a living nightmare especially for marginalized groups like women and people of color uh so i'm not shocked that you know bungie had its woes as well again the article does go into it's a very long article and i suggest you read it by the Mm -hmm. way does go into they're making uh, concerted efforts to kind of change the culture there but a lot of people are I wouldn't say even the people that are optimistic admit it's going to take forever. It's going to take a long time. Didn't Bungie used to be like in partnership with Activision when they were still kind of like... So Bungie's history is um, they were initially bought by uh, Microsoft around the Halo years, Mm -hmm. the original Halo 1 and 2. I think it was either before Halo 1 or after Halo 1 came out. And then uh, they moved over to Activision. Activision... uh, bought them and then they Mm. bought their own freedom yeah from the studio like right around the time destiny 2 came out yeah like a year or so after they got their independence from it yeah for from activision because apparently they a lot of the same problems that their leadership had with working with microsoft they felt was the same Mm -hmm. uh under activision but yeah it's interesting i wonder how much of the cultures from those companies kind of bled through or bled over like this whole rock star culture uh and when i say that i mean like you know being precious about certain creative leads just because you know people love the idea of an auteur Mm -hmm. and that's why we're willing to like look the other way when they're abusive pieces of shit or get drunk at holiday parties and make untoward advances on people that do not want it Mm -hmm. uh which apparently is a fucking running theme (laughs) from all of these stories that we've heard is just toxic dudes in bro culture uh yeah so yeah what's your what's your takeaway from this do you do you think um i I feel like especially for uh pete parsons like his heart's in the right place but one of the anecdotes in the article was that he's one of those people that's just like i i I don't know what to do tell me how to fix it basically Mm -hmm. you know um and I think that's a lot of stress for especially marginalized people to be like, well, not only are they the ones suffering from these cultures, they're the ones that are also being asked to fix it for everyone, which is really like, could you imagine? I mean, we saw a lot of those conversations happening around the time of like the Black Lives Matters, yeah. Black Lives Matter movements, and then, you know, the the death of, of George Floyd where, you know, white people were asking black people, you know, how, how can I help? How should I be a better ally, a better, you know, uh, advocate of, of black rights? And it's like, well, we're the community that's hurting. You go do your research. You learn how to do, like, you can't expect us to educate you on mm-hmm. all of your misgivings and missteps. It's right? a burden. Yeah, exactly. Like, they already have their own pain and stuff they're working through. And, you know, while being a, a marginalized 
group like they're mm. suffering injustices <clears throat> will never you know have to have to envision so why should they have to be our teachers and educators mm. in these moments it's, it's unfair right so i'm kind of where you are with it where you said at the start like it it's sadly predictable right like you could almost assume that this is happening at any company right now whether triple a double a or otherwise right and you know, considering their carryover from Activision, I'm wondering how many leaders were of similar mind of like the stuff we're seeing currently at ABK and how much of that was brought over to Bungie when they became independent, right? Um, and then, I, I mean, going independent's hard too, especially when you're trying to like support your own games of service, right? Mm. This whole cycle of like, all right, we got to meet like weekly updates and monthly updates and expansions and like that that's going to lead to crunch. Like that's inevitable, right? Like I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough thing where I would love to think that Bungie bought their independence and they were doing the best that they could, but like, it, you know, they're trying to support themselves. There's and put, a, put there's, out content. there's a fucked up um, story here as well, where Bungie actively wanted to stymie crunch culture. Mm-hmm. And so they basically had a mandate where if you couldn't reasonably finish something um, on time, then they would cut it. Mm-hmm. And one of the, f- First, I forget which one, but one of the first expansions for Destiny 2, uh, mm-hmm. something of Osiris, uh, was like lambasted mm-hmm. by people. They, they were like, the writing's fucking shit. Like, we hate this. Like, fans were assholes about it, right? And internally, a lot of that animosity was shared by teams outside of the narrative team. They were mm-hmm. like, look at this shit. Look how people are responding. Why don't you guys do a good fucking job? And it's because we were following the mandate to cut whatever we couldn't finish, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that, place this undue ecosystem of where members of the writing team were crunching anyway in secret because they're afraid of repercussions for crunching but they didn't want to release things uh that they didn't feel were up to par but mm-hmm. it was impossible to meet like the hours right yeah it's crazy that's a crazy thing and then you roll from one cycle to the next where it's like all right well we already had this one expansion that came out that people are disappointed in we yeah. crunched ourselves to death there now we're moving on to the next one it's like this endless cycle and you know if you don't have proper responsible management and people who are acting with good uh i guess like efficacy and like integrity for the work right and like are holding not only themselves accountable but you guys account or the the team accountable for standards of like all right we don't want you to crunch we don't want you to do this stuff we want you to be good to each other we want to Mm. make sure you have a healthy work-life balance and i'm sure some of that got hard over time i it's hard they're saying that their mandate for anti-crunch led to a poor product yeah exactly um, like how do you fix that what happens in that workflow <laughs> you know and then the answer is more time something mm-hmm. that companies never seem to have yeah as these games come out on tighter schedules and there's more demand to meet like annual releases or biannual releases right mm-hmm. like these cycles of crunch and unrealistic workflows and pipelines for things like yeah. it, it, there's just so much collision right like you need to start giving like we talked about this a few weeks ago where it's like these bigger AAA products need more time right yeah and that's totally cool like we as consumers can take that and just be like all right cool yeah take take your time you know with halo right delay it a year and i mean look at how great that turned out right where it's like okay cool mm-hmm. that definitely played in their favor and i I don't think it's worth it to have a team crunch, you know, just so we can get an expansion like that. That's that's one part of it. This is like one aspect of a really kind of I will say one thing. Story. We don't know for three four three yeah. with Halo Infinite that they didn't crunch. Oh yeah, of course they got an extra year, 
But that's because the game was a disaster yeah. at the time of like 2020. Yeah, 2020. There's no. They doubt. probably crunched the entire fucking yeah. time. We're gonna hear about it in probably like a few months. Yeah. So yeah, that, another Bloomberg article yeah. about like how awful the crunch was on Halo Infinite. Yeah, it, it's sadly inevitable. But like that's one layer. Like, of I'm, it. I'm bracing for impact on that one already. <laughs> like that's that's what's going on. Yeah. Here. But but then the the whole aspect of like kind of what we're seeing mirrored from like the Activision Blizzard stuff and. You know, even what we saw with uh, with Fulbright, right, with like Steve Gaynor, like that sort mm. of stuff, where it's like you have these creative leads and minds who are just allowed to think and be however they are because we like evangelize them, right? Right. When really we just need leaders who are going to treat their workforce well and right, right? Like and give and give everyone a seat at the table. Yeah, get, thing yeah too, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, Pete Parsons. I don't know how long he's been in the CEO role. Uh, since about 2018 or so, but he's been with um he's been with Bungie for like 18 years. Okay, and I don't think his statements are are disingenuous at all. Like, it, you know, obviously it's it's reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a bit more empathy in his words and sincerity than i've seen with you know the spokespeople from blizzard and activision where it's like whose side are you on where it's like pete parsons actually at least like seems like he is trying to turn bungie around any way that he can right yeah you don't get the sense that it's like damage control you know yeah um however you didn't decide to speak out until after this article was uh floated his way right it's always the funniest thing these companies won't fucking speak out until that article comes well i mean remember that what company is going to out themselves as like oh yeah we have a a culture of crunch and abuse Mm -hmm. and toxic workplace environment like who's gonna do that right (laughs) that's the thing though that's what needs to happen that these companies need to have that self-reflection it's like fuck we need to call this out we need to do something about it Mm -hmm. right but of course no company is ever gonna want to like have any eyes on them that are that it's undue these articles are for its function. Rebecca Valentine, mm-hmm. Jason Schreier, doing the work mm-hmm. <laughs> to be the force function for them. But it's yeah. sad that it ha- they have to wait for a fucking publicized article to even like make change, you know. But in the, in Bungie's case, it does sound like they've been trying for like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they've gotten rid of some of these creative leads from the old the old Bungie is what it was referred to. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people that have probably been on since like Halo or Destiny 1 have very strong ideas about how things should go and not really a lot of um, open-mindedness for other people coming in. I'm curious, how long has the Bungie Diversity Committee been around? So the article had some some information where the the committee was set up and then it was disbanded because they got like no support from it. And then Bungie went out and said like, no, 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 it 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 wasn't disbanded. It was always there. It just needed you know more love or some shit like that. Uh, I I don't know what's happening like with that conversation, but it was interesting. Yeah, it seems like it's been around since at least like 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, they had kind of an extension of the committee around like the black lives matter and diversity movements that were going on. Um, this is from a year ago. Bungie's new space for black creatives in the games industry is a step in the right direction. It's called black at Bungie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bungie has been one of a handful of developers in recent years that has tactfully handled discussions regarding racial injustice and equality in and out of the gaming industry. Now they're taking one step further with their black at Bungie initiative. One of its mission statements and purposes is to shine a spotlight on the black talent and creatives within the student while giving them an outlet to connect with peers as well as allies to tackle issues big and small. Inclusion clubs are an extension of the Bungie 
Diversity Committee, whose purpose is to not only address company-wide issues of diversity and inclusion, but to allow their employees from marginalized groups to have access to the tools they need to pursue the causes that they feel need to be addressed. That was how the inclusion clubs came about, which led to the creation of Black at Bungie. So it seems like they've been kind of doing these, you know, uh, functions and initiatives for a while now. Um, but again, it's it's one of those things where it, they do seem like they will be reactionary in moments where like these stories hit and it's like shit. Well, now we got to do we got to do something else. We need another extension of our diversity committee to like sure. you know do a make good. Yeah, and then you get these contradictory stories though. So the the Destiny Two writing team they had a character uh, Devrim K, mm-hmm. um, and you might have seen articles where it's like oh it's like a, it's Bungie's first like you know gay character right? Yeah. Apparently internally. Uh, leadership freaked the fuck out and didn't want a gay character because they were afraid that the game would get banned in Russia and China because of it. Mm. And so without um, telling the writing team, they tried to, they basically cut down a line where the character just says like, oh, I have like a, like a wife or a partner or something mm-hmm. like that. They cut down the line to where you weren't sure what the relationship of this person was to Devrim K. And they went to the QA team to treat it like a bug in the game instead of like a revision. Oh, that's gross. people picked up on the line being like, oh, this is confirmation that the character is gay and got a bunch of good press for it, right? And so even though they actively tried to fucking like put a cork on this, they got good press when it came out. How interesting. (laughs) And this is recent. (laughs) super recent yeah i think there's a lot of like just conflicting heads going on and their leadership team like definitely needs a a rethink right (laughs) that's uh it's interesting hearing these like conflicting stories but then again like you know the company is not one thing it's many different people and heads in the room it just takes one leader to fuck up things for a bunch of people that are like trying for well they're talking about how they uh in the article they're working on a couple of projects that are not destiny related uh, one of them is pretty close to release, um, but the unfortunate thing is that its ecosystem feels like a lot, a lot of the old Bungie, which is like a bunch of favorites were picked on that team rather than making sure that the team is diverse. Mm-hmm. So it includes a bunch of like, you know, male white guys that have been in Bungie for a while. But internally, there's another game that's uh, still in kind of like pre-production kind of uh, proposal phase <clears throat> that does have like a mixture of diverse people working on it and everyone every seat at the table gets to kind of like have their ideas spoken out and they're saying like this is actually a test bed for the bungee of the future this is the bungee that we want to be and so i hope that that whatever that project gets like more more shine on right mm-hmm. more uh more interest and kind of push especially since this article's calling out going like yeah so they're trying to release this other thing that's basically old ass bungee and here's this other thing that people are actually excited for that they think is surprising for the company and mm-hmm. made in much different circumstances so see more of that shit right yeah and maybe a little less of trying to treat gay people as bugs in your game <laughs> yeah that's that's not a not a good look at all not a friendly uh, story <laughs> get that you're getting pressure about that but yeah there's there's other ways to handle that yeah um that especially too because like you have people who work for your company who are gay or identify in your audience ways. as yes, well exactly <laughs> so yeah. that's not a i don't know it doesn't seem like you're acting in accords with the the people who identify that way i don't know um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those things and this will be our last sticking point for it i, I think yeah, where, yeah, yeah I think. where we always say video games is such a, a new industry and i always say fuck that like video games have been around for like fucking 40 50 years at this point like they've been around in it's some baby industry they've been around in some shape or form for a long time now 
um, nascent in comparison to like music and movies, obviously. But you know, we we see even like other industries like food service, retail. Like it took them a while to get to this point where we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have like equity for everybody and everybody gets a piece of the pie and we're going to have diverse workplaces. But it's just like, I feel like these companies, maybe when they start their formation or, you know, when however many decades long you are as like a big publisher, right? Look to other companies and other industries and be like, fuck, it took them so long to get there. Maybe we should start with this model in mind, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. we should start with the idea of diversity and not just doing diversity hires just to look good, right? Because we actually want these people to be here. right? And I mean, it all comes down to like the people founding these companies, right? You know? There was that one studio where they're like, oh, yeah, we're forming a new studio and we're it's going to be so diverse and inclusive. And it was like, what, majorly white dudes. And they're like, oh, a female dog. And it's just like, come on, like you have to have these people that are like really going in it with good intentions from the start. Otherwise, you're going to have the snowball effect and then they're going to have to retroactively do make goods. And that's not a way to lead a company, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it starts with the framework of the company. Yeah. If the framework of the company starts with a bunch of white dudes making choices, you're never gonna yeah, exactly. you're never gonna write that ship right. And the other thing is, um, we could talk about D, DEI like uh, teams that they're establishing mm-hmm. and hiring practices. I feel like there's a difference between checking a box to sound good versus intentional action because you believe in making this change. And mm-hmm. it's really, really, really hard to convince anybody <laughs> that that's actually happening, right? Mm-hmm. I would love to see, um, I've said this before, but I would love to see, like, uh, let's go back to these companies after these fucking, these articles, right? Let's go back a year or two, uh, or after a year or two, and see, like, what has changed? Talk to these people. Talk mm-hmm. to the people that are working there. Have they seen the demonstrable change where they really do feel like there is a push for betterment, mm-hmm. or was it just lip service, Right, I want. I want to know because I'm. St- I don't. I I trust a corporation as far as I can throw one. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not Superman. I got the curls, but I'm not Superman. Mm-hmm. I can't throw these corporations, and they're everywhere too. Irvine. <laughs> yeah. I think um, to have retrospectives after the magnifying glass has been kind of removed a little bit. Like yeah. have these like you know biannual or yearly touch bases where like you go back to like the root of everything, and it's like all right. Does everybody agree that the company is moving in a direction that we think it should be? Yep. If not, how do we, you know, through checks and balances, make it forward momentous for everybody? Yeah, this is a constant self-assessment that these yeah. companies need to be performing. Um, done by a group of people, not individuals like Bobby Kotek saying, I think things are going well. <laughs> you know what I'm Fucking saying? Bobby Kotek. Did they Fucking fire him yet? Bobby. Did they fire him? Yeah. Did they remove his ashes? When there's no one above you, <laughs> it's really hard to get fired. Uh, I got to tell yeah. you, that that's kind of the systemic problem right there. I got a number three. Not a great thing, but speaking of Activision... Uh, Raven Software staged a walkout after Activision Blizzard terminated 20 employees. This is an evolving story. In fact, there is another group uh, of ABK employees that are striking right yeah. now and set up a fund for striking. I didn't even cover that. That's a, that's another thing that I was like, I looked at it. I was like, December 9th. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah, they're trying to raise like a million dollars. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, right? What's going on? Well, we know what's going on. <laughs> Raven is the development house responsible for assisting with Call of Duty titles such as Warzone, Black Ops Cold War, and Vanguard. However, 
Activision Blizzard made the decision to terminate 20 employees, a dozen of which were members of Raven's QA team. Activision upholds that these aren't layoffs. Instead, they have actively made the choice not to renew contracts for these temporary employees. That's so fucking convenient. Oh, thank you for the technical terminology there, guy. Uh, do they have a job at the end of this uh, choice? <laughs> So, this is an especially galling decision since Activision recently announced it would be converting 500 contractors to full-time employees, with several QA members having already relocated to Wisconsin to work in person. They did so under the assurance from Raven that work would be consistent. Worse, the impacted contractors were let go in good standing, meaning their performance wasn't a factor for their layoff. In response, the Raven Software QA team staged a walkout earlier this week with support from other quality assurance teams in Texas, Minnesota, and Irvine. It was a mixture of actually uh, in-person and virtual. Yeah. Uh, the team is demanding that ABK reinstates the contractors and move them to full-time positions. A member of the Raven team spoke to the Washington Post, stating, quote, It feels like Activision's toxic culture is starting to bleed in the Raven. The people who were let go seem to have been chosen completely at random, and the rest of us have survivor's guilt because we know our teammates deserve to still be here. We're all just incredibly heartbroken, end quote. Activision Blizzard said it respected the Raven team's right to express their opinions in a safe manner, without fear of retaliation. The company said it made the choice to grow, quote, its overall investment in its development and operations resources, end quote, which is like the most nothingness statement mm -hmm. I've ever heard. We made a choice for resources. It, what? What? What a weird thing, you know, to be told one thing and then have completely the next happen. To move. It's, like, it's almost like a lie. To relocate and then just be told, like, yeah, we're actually not renewing your contract. You're not coming on full time. Yeah, Daniel, if, if I said I wasn't going to slap you and then I slapped you, what's the word for that? <laughs> um, I feel betrayed. That, yeah. That's one word for Whoa, it. Oh, betrayal. Yeah. Gotcha. That's a really good word for that action. That's a really good word. But I'm sorry. They're not layoffs. <sighs> so... We see this with a lot of companies with, with huh. QA as part of like the development team, right? I feel like QA in a lot of people's eyes is seen as like the bottom barrel of development. Some people don't even consider QA teams part of the development. Yeah, team. yeah, um, very common mentality. And it's it's you know it's work that a lot of companies say like, oh, anybody could do, right? You could anybody could come and just play right. a video game for sixty. That's hours how you're doing. You don't, you don't have any skills. Just play a video game. You're writing stuff down. And Which that's is untrue. It. You have to be meticulous about what's going on. Yeah, you have to have workflows. You have to. <laughs> it's literally development. Yeah, and you have to have an eye for it too. I think. Right. And we we see it a lot with Nintendo, all these companies, right, where they get by on these contingent and contract workers, where it's like, oh yeah, we'll bring you on for six months, eight months. Mm -hmm. You'll do the thing. Maybe we'll keep you. But the idea is that. You're not full time. You don't have our, you know, benefits. You're not like an employee. Uh, bear in mind, you might be let go, right? The promise that these people would be brought on full time, though, and then laid off like right at the start of the holidays, mm -hmm. right as a Call of Duty is coming out and doing numbers as Call of Duty does, right? right. It just seems backhanded. It seems shitty. It does. <laughs> it seems pretty senseless and terrible and also another one of those things where it's like could have it could a union perhaps uh, protect i think contractors aren't protected by a union is that correct no i mean they they're through a different like company altogether like they have a contract company that hires gotcha. them so maybe they can get a union under that company i don't i don't know yeah yeah it's fucking shitty yeah. and they i very much believe in the walkout that's occurring oh here. yeah this is it's just like dude what the fuck 
because their contracts would have gone up uh, January 18th, I believe the the article I was looking at said. Yeah, that's fucked up. I was also watching an episode of uh, Inside Games, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Green and Lawrence, I always forget his last name. They actually interviewed a bunch of people from the QA team to kind of like talk about what's going on and what's what's happening. And it's mm-hmm. just like the same sentiment, which is like, this is fucking crazy, this betrayal. And the, the thing that really gets them is like how some of the people that they let go were not only team leads, but they're also top performers. Mm-hmm. They're like, so what the what the fuck? Like we're, we're performing, we're put our, putting our uh, blood and sweat into this and people are actually relocating, which was a funded relocation by Raven, by the way. It wasn't like people were just kind of going on the lam. Like, no, Raven said, come on in. We, we need you. There's going to be work. We're working on Warzone. We got this new game out. And then you're gone. You're on the chopping block. What? How does that happen? <laughs> Looking over an article from VentureBeat, just about Raven Software, right? Um, major development team behind Call of Duty Warzone, one of Activision staples, staple games, which, yeah, it's like this ongoing fucking battle royale that people are still playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was due to do a crossover with Warzone. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. The latest release, Call of Duty Vanguard, is due to crossover with Warzone. Oh, okay. According to a letter written by the protesting workers to management, Warzone generates $5.2 million a day. Jesus Lord! Alex DuPont, a member of the QA team, told Bloomberg that the other members who were let go were not given a clear reason for it at all. Like, yeah, if I knew a game was generating that much money, like, I would for sure fucking stage a protest and walk out if I was getting let go. Yeah. Like, you need money for resources and development. You make fucking billions of dollars off of a game a year. You're good. Mm. And also, your QA team is development. They're development. Yeah. They're super important. They have skills that you need. And what they do impacts the player experience almost directly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have too much to say other than it's like, wow. Um, talk about a bad time for, for Activision, right? It's like, this is like the third walkout, mm-hmm. by the way, that they've had this year yeah. for a variety of reasons. And it's like, dude, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? How do you how do you continue to function unethically mm-hmm. while being like walking on coals right now? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that possible that Activision is just this fucking soulless mechanism? <laughs> it's It's not a good year for them. And it hasn't been a good fucking decade for the people who work for him. No, it it hasn't been. Hmm. And, um, you know, fuck it. Good riddance to him, right? Drag the studio, right? Because I think, like you said before, uh, this is like a necessary force function for change. It just sucks that it has to come down on on people who are just trying to show up, do a job, and be passionate about video games and put out products that they love. Um, I'd be curious to see, like, what the cause and effect of, like, all the stuff that's going on. With, with the greater picture, right, in terms of, like, sponsorships and all these advertisers pulling out. And yeah, maybe they're losing a little money. So maybe they're like, well, we're losing money here. How do we comp our losses? All right, let's, you know, not renew contracts for these contract workers. Yeah, that's the first thing they'll always do, which is, like, yeah. just make the people we have work harder. It's fucked up. Yeah. Activision, acquiesce <sighs> to this one. <laughs> all right. Do you want to move on to some lighter tonology yeah let's get into some lighter tonology that i'm gonna open with not so light tonology fuck what's going <laughs> Sorry, on i don't know we never have a good episode why of aren't video games fun news anymore <laughs> fuck is it raining it is raining nice it's that time of the year out in seattle so 
The Game Awards 2021. Oh. The big hit event that took place, what, on December 8th? December 8th, a Thursday. A lot of swell hype for it. A lot of, yeah, you know... I was swollen. Continual drumming for these world premieres sure. and how it's going to change the face of video games. But there's um, a little bit of hubbub beforehand. A little bit of hubbub there. beforehand, <laughs> uh, you know, about our organizer, Jeff Keighley, right? Oh. And how he kind of made a stance that they weren't really going to address the situation going on with Activision Blizzard. Yeah. And there was so much immediate response on Twitter about it. Right. Like congratulating for him for his bravery of not yeah. saying anything, right? <laughs> and I mean people were just coming down on him hard cuz it's like, well you have this platform. This is a thing that's going on right now that is like destroying people in the the gaming industry, right? Like yeah. how could you not, you know, say anything about it? And people have made observations, right? That like, you know, he has all these investments and ties with big companies, Activision, what there's a, a member of his board from Activision Blizzard. That's correct. So, you know, why would you cut off one of your own heads, right? Like, it, it serves to maybe damage you. But, like, Jeff Keighley, as, as progressive as you want to be in terms of moving the industry forward in terms of shiny new hardware and games, you also kind of have to want to move the industry forward in, in moral and progressive ways in terms of the people and treatment of people, yep. right? So there was a lot of... Uh, so what was the thing? So, so we went from, I'm not going to address it, to... So this was this thing on Twitter on December 3rd. Beyond its nominations, I can confirm that Activision Blizzard will not be a part of this year's The Game Awards. Because Ah. people are like, okay, well, are they going to be there? Like, you're not going to address it, but like, what, you know, is Overwatch 2 going to be there? Are we going to get reveals from these companies? And, you know, that was was the start of it. Um, He says, The Game Awards is a time of celebration for the industry, the biggest form of entertainment in the world. There's no place for abuse, harassment, or predatory practice in any company or any community. I also realize we have a big platform for which we can accelerate and inspire change. We are committed to that, but we all need to work together to build a better and a more inclusive environment so everyone feels safe to build the world's best games. All of us are accountable to the standard, incredible games, and the talented developers who build them are who we want to celebrate. See you on Thursday. Oh, God. And then two people underneath it were like, now do Ubisoft. (laughs) Please. Um, Somebody says this is a bare minimum start. You need to make a clear direct statement calling out Activision Blizzard during the show. Uh, You rightfully called out Ubisoft when they tried to erase their apology from their stream. Now it's your turn. This is a standalone. The standalone mea culpa isn't enough. And he kind of flubbed that response, that call to, to arms to good use of Mayakopa. to to address it appropriately, right? Like yep. the show opens, right? He he lands on it, right? He's like, "We're gonna talk about it." Here's my statement. I, there was a moment of, of belief <laughs> in my heart that he was gonna say something very direct, and his tweets actually were almost better at addressing the thing than what he did at the Game Awards. Yeah, where again, the, it was like the, the vague dance. Yeah, right. This is, I'm pulling this from IGN, uh, their article, quote, we got to be real and we can't ignore the headliners that are out there, he said. Game creators need to be supported by the companies that employ them. I think we all agree with that. So let me just say this, this before we get to any of the news, announcements, or awards. We should not and will not tolerate any abuse, harassment, and predatory practices by anyone, including our online communities. We all love games, and if we want this industry to keep going, we must build an even brighter and more inclusive future. The games we play and the games that we love teach us that we can impact the world around us. And tonight I will call on everyone to do their part to build a better, safer video game industry. Speak out online. Vote with your time. And with your dollars, empower those world builders who are creating the future of all entertainment. What 
a nothing fucking statement that is like five degrees to the left of the point. We're all in this together. We gotta. Yeah, I love saying you have no tolerance for a thing. Doesn't really like you know kind of indicate what actions would you do to not tolerate this thing. For mm-hmm. instance, I would just directly say what's happening at Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. is repugnant. Yeah, and is not the model for an inclusive future. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I will be asking XYZ motherfucker to step down from my board, mm-hmm. and we will not be hosting Activision Blizzard games until there is demonstrable change at mm-hmm. the company, including the resignation of Bobby Kotick. That's what I would want. That would have been a huge fucking move. That's the cake I want to eat. What I got wasn't even an appetizer. Well, no, it's like pussyfooting, and then to backpedal and say, oh, we need to, like, you know, not... Stand for it in our online communities. Like, what does that mean? I mean, yeah, that, that's a thing unto itself, right? Like harassment. Are, 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 are we putting that on the audience now? Like, we're saying we're saying the audience, like, uh, stop, stop teabagging me in Halo. It's it's just a weird <laughs> shift of onus and responsibility. Where yeah. like, you had the, the the opportunity to call it the the exact people uh, and make a definitive statement. Jeff, you had the puzzle pieces, but yeah. I can't see the box it came in. I don't know what the picture is. <laughs> And, like, you know, we got Microsoft, right? We got Sony coming out and saying that, like, you know, they're they're going to pull support from Activision Blizzard in, in their own ways, right? We haven't I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. I yeah. didn't hear that. I said that they're... They, they, so Xbox is the only one saying that we're going to take a look at our business yeah. dealings with this company. Well, they at least, like, denounced <laughs> it in a way that addressed the company. Yeah, they, they right? very much said the company, this is, this is not good. This is a bad look. You're making yeah. us look bad. <laughs> Basically. But they had the, yeah. the balls to call it what right. it was, right? Call a spade a spade. Say like it call is. Call an abusive, shitty company, abusive, shitty company. Say like it is. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's because maybe that's that. Like, they're companies, right? So maybe they are able to say these without worrying how they're going to get funding, right? Because they have so many other partnerships and revenues for ads and all this stuff. Whereas, like, Jeff Keighley's one guy, right, who hosts these two mega events, right? Sure. And maybe Activision Blizzard and having, like, a board member there is it does a lot for his business model and making sure these things could happen. Who knows? But get other board members. Get other, re- like, sources of revenue. Like, <laughs> Get that backbone, baby. Get that backbone. I don't know. Get that it, backbone. It's disappointing, right? It is. It was, it, was, it was a strange thing. It was a strange thing for sure. It was just like, come, come on. Who are you talking about? That was, I was screaming it at the fucking screen. I was like, who are you talking about, Jeff? This could be anybody. Yeah. This could be anything. It's a vague, like, we won't tolerate bad stuff because we're good people, right? Okay, let's have fun tonight. Yeah. Fuck off. Now onto the games and the world premieres. Yeah. Uh, let's let's have this blanket statement about, you know, yeah. abuse and predatory practices, but then announce a game by Quantic Dream, whose studio head <laughs> is known for such things. I don't know. It's tone deaf. <laughs> and yeah. it's just another instance where yeah. it's like you have this platform you got to do better with it my dude you left me hungry jeff yeah. you left me hungry so on to the game awards just like jeff yeah. said <laughs> so how do you want to tackle this i think yeah. Yeah, at the front we could do world premieres announcements maybe our top picks and then i think awards it, towards the back we early already talked about our overall impression of the show i, I think yeah. the, the show could be much shorter more curated and I would ask not like a total focus, but like give me like twenty percent more focus on the developers doing shit. Give mm-hmm. me like a cool vignette about like, hey, here's how one team did so and so for Deathloop or something. Give mm-hmm. me some like shit that like celebrates the devs instead of just going like, well, here's what's next for next year from yeah. some other dev that has nothing to do with the people that are up for awards tonight. Yeah, like I just. 
give me a little bit more of that stuff, right? Make it a make it, make it about development because mm-hmm. it's such a black box to people, right? Mm-hmm. The fans know nothing about how these games are made. I'm not asking for a fucking no clip on in between every uh, announcement, but mm-hmm. I am asking for like have a little more reverence. Like the Oscars says that shit, right? Here's a spotlight for mm-hmm. like you know uh a producer or something like that yeah some some bts shit man just a little bit i mean it's weird like we want it but we see it go south pretty south quickly. pretty quickly right we're, like i think <laughs> about like the the cot media thing from over the summer where it's like they had like a hour to two hour conference and it was behind the scenes stuff but it's maybe maybe because it was a bit more droll because they're not necessarily games i cared about or maybe these people aren't necessarily like presenters or public speakers in the way that like you know other people are right bunch Um, of nerdos is what you're saying well here's one thing then um you know i feel like a lot of these games were celebrated for their accessibility options i would love to see a vignette about like how the different companies came together to think about that and have that be a thing that you that you show Mm -hmm. like i'm interested in that kind of stuff i get yeah most of your audience is there because they want to figure out if uh fucking uh gta 6 is going to get announced Mm -hmm. I, i i get that that's the cheap seats. You want to be prestige? Stop banging out for the cheap seats, Jeff. <laughs> I agree with that. They did do a few things here and there in their like commercial advertising space where they did like little spotlights on things, right? Like they oh, had God the uh, <laughs> they had the Spawn on Me um, podcast about That's right. blackness with uh, Cleef Adams, where that happened after you know all the the riots and protests, um, and it was just this highlight of like you know the these black content creators coming together to talk about what it means to be black and you know that their whole how they're suffering and how it's not their responsibility to carry other people's pains and you know what it looks like and i thought that was a a great thing to highlight but i wanted more stuff like that right like give give me more stuff with like you know accessibility in games give me more stuff highlighting you know marginalized groups right Mm -hmm. absolutely you know kind of putting your best foot forward like you were saying Mm -hmm. at the top of the show my friend it'd be interesting to see if game awards 2022 is like reactionary to this and then we somehow by stroke of (laughs) of of jeff Keeley's good faith we get some of this stuff but you know tonight i am so proud to announce the execution of bobby kotek So how do we want to do this? Do you want to to talk Um, maybe like some of your top moments real quick before we go into some of the other more granular things? uh, I would say, uh, sure. Okay. (laughs) It's weird, right? Like I, I, because I like my top moments, like I guess, I I don't know. I mean, there wasn't, it it was, it was a show. It was fine. It's, it's weird because like, like blown away every year there's this swell of hype around the game awards and yeah. i'm just like i don't know that i like really like getting excited about it it's fine like mm. it's you know it's not e3 to me right where like e3 is yeah. something i get excited about every year like i feel like that is gamer Christmas. I, f- I find myself <laughs> less excited about e3 like every year because well one i've never gone in person i know sure. that's like a thing for people because people like other people and i don't but uh, <laughs> I, I i i think E3 has been diminishing over the years where, like, our slobber knocker reveals are, like, happening there less because Sony's doing its thing, Nintendo's doing its thing, even Xbox has its own fucking, like, conference these days, right? Yeah. So it's, like, it feels like E3 gets the scraps these days. Not to say that there isn't some cool stuff, but, like, eh, eh, eh. That's why, I like, Game Awards is sometimes the hope because it's, like, they'll come out of nowhere and be, like, here's some Breath of the Wild. And you're, like, what the fuck? How did you get pretty, this? Pretty rad. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, I get it. I get it. It's a little tiresome. Um, but my top moments, uh, I think Alan Wake 2 is the thing that like pulsates in my mind as mm-hmm. far as like being one of the cooler like surprise reveals where we know that Remedy's been up to some shit these past years. Control was a boon for them. Control's an excellent game. They just came out with Alan Wake Remastered, but 
you know, a lot of us figured like, eh, Alan Wake 2 is on the fence kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But here it was, and it's full survival horror this time. I love that. That's, oh gosh. The way they revealed it too was so fucking sick. But there was two moments at this show, and I feel bad. I do feel bad. <laughs> where, actually three. There's three moments in the show where Silent Hill fans thought that they were finally going to have some good fucking food. And they had the plate slapped out of their goddamn hands. Three moments. It was this trailer that looked Silent Hilly. Uh. It was when uh, Guillermo del Toro made a joke about wanting to see a new Silent Hill. Yep. And then the third one was uh, Slitterhead not being Silent Hill. Even though they directly state the director of Silent Hill on the screen. Yeah. I'm so sorry for Silent Hill fans. You're never going to get another Silent Hill. See, so even it's get the abbreviation happen. of like SH, like fucking Silent Hill, to get fucking what, Akira... Yamaoka yeah. to do the yeah. music as well like fuck it's like the world saying get fucking wrecked <laughs> get Silent Hill fans owned. like Jesus Christ I feel so bad I'm just like damn I man. don't we're sitting here sitting pretty with our Resident Evils coming out every four minutes and these guys out here are just in the fog I <laughs> that's good that's <laughs> yeah I, I said it during the stream uh, that you and Nick were doing where like I just feel like we've evolved past the need for a Silent Hill <laughs> kind right? of sort of right where it's like we've gotten so many more interesting yeah. I, takes on psychological horror survival horror action horror right like between fucking evil within like stuff going on in the indie space yeah sure, sure, uh, sure. resident evil going back to its roots and it's just like i just don't think we really need silent hill the way that we did in like the 20 like two early 2000s 2010s right like i don't know i think there's <laughs> i think there's some renowned names out there that i would sure. always get excited to see uh come back silent hill is one of those ones where if, like if you actually put Fourth, that name, like, you can do anything with that game and still have, like, familiar hallmarks that I think, like, I like I somewhat agree. Like, The Medium, for instance. I yes. played that this year. It's on my top ten. And I was just like, this is what Silent Hill should be nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. I find myself saying that over and over. There's all these other games that I love that are like Silent Hill that are not Silent Hill. And it makes me wonder, like, what is it about Silent Hill that I want to see back, mm-hmm. you know, that only Silent Hill does? And that's that's becoming less and less these days. That's tough, right? As people keep on filling the gap, right? Resident Evil came back and was like, no, 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 no. We're going to put our dick on the ground here, okay? Yeah, it was we're seven. <laughs> yeah, and just be like, nope, this is why we're Resident Evil, right? I want Silent Hill to have that moment. I do. Where they come back and go, nobody else can do what we do. Mm-hmm. But... There's like no fucking team and there's no anybody. <laughs> They're all gone. They're making other games. They're making Slitterheads. <laughs> so what, what's your take on Slitterhead? Uh, I'm on the fence. Yeah. Like at first I was like, this is really moody and the designs are really cool. And then it became this fucking like all out. <laughs> action horror game. Yeah, but not even like action horror like I'm used to, like Evil Within style. It was just like, this seems very, um, this has like a schlock to it. It's mm-hmm. real schlock like. <laughs> Right, it's very like manga comic booky, like yeah, going on here. Um, we'll we'll see. I want to see some gameplay, but the designs were cool, mm-hmm. like the enemy designs. Yeah, ladies becoming throat monsters, throat goats, if you will. And uh, it was just it was so gonna be the the word of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another standout for me was I was actually really impressed by Suicide Squad's mm-hmm. uh, gameplay reveal because. I walk I, like my the way that I thought about that game was like you know Rocksteady's doing it. It's probably going to be another Arkham alike game, Batman Arkham alike. And what I saw instead was like, yo, this is like a third person shooter where you're jumping around the uh, environment and fucking brawling and stuff. 
kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. the game, but this one looks hard. <laughs> like it looks like fucking oh wow, you're smacking people in the balls with stuff. It looks rated M, I think, mm-hmm. as well. It's like whoa, 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 what is this? Yeah, so... you, you got the Suicide Squad going up against uh, the Flash and doing all this crazy, yeah. like, all these combo attacks and things. And it looks like each character is gonna play like very dynamically different. And it's multiplayer. Yes, that which... that's a big up on Guardians. Mm-hmm. By the way, because that, that game, I was like, I wish I could play these Which, other characters. I can't remember if we knew that before this trailer that it was going to be multiplayer. I don't know, yeah. maybe. But yeah, cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I I have a feeling I'm going to love playing as like King Shark and, and Deadshot. I want to play as Boomerang. And yeah, Boomerang. I don't know how I'm going to feel about playing as like Harley Quinn. I think she almost feels like the most like watered down or like generic character somehow. Wow. Yeah, just like seeing all the way all the other characters harsh. go, I'm just like, wow, these. Do you? like harley quinn as a character i do i do you do yeah okay well that answers my question thank you let's move <laughs> <Yeah>. on <laughs> no i'm gonna die <laughs> no i don't want to i don't want to unspool that one no because i like interpretations of harley i do too. i hated her in the arkham games because she was like a fucking joke mm. i loved her in her harley quinn show her harley quinn show is like definitive harley yep really funny you should watch that i guess that's good is that tara strong no i don't think so i think it's someone else oh okay wasn't it i could be wrong who knows but I do know it's, was it Selma Blair plays Ivy? I oh, forget. I'm into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into that idea. Yeah, Ivy's hot in that show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're together, you know. <laughs> Scissor sisters. Correct. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Slitterheads? <laughs> oh, God. No, don't do that. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, that's about it. I don't know if there's anything else that kind of... Elden Ring story trailer looks good. I'm at a point where... Um, I'm appreciative of From Software releasing trailers so Vadi Vidya has content. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't need to see anything else about Elden Ring until I play it. No, it literally comes out in two months. Yeah. To just put it in my fucking hands. Mm-hmm. I want to play it. How did you feel about Pothead? Pothead friend. Little pot exactly. guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him in the uh, in the alpha and whatnot. You don't. You have to save his ass in, in one like little mission. He's like, oh, I've gotten stuck. He's like, give me a big old whack, and you have to whack him so, out. It's great. Pothead's so fucking great, silly. dude. He's like in the guy from Death's Door whose head is yeah. I love that guy. How do you feel about this game Yeah, from the studio that's doing Friday the 13th? They're doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. I'm, I'm so fucking medium on yeah. that. Oh, okay. Less than medium. Oh, man. We already have Dead by Daylight. That's, Why, true. What, that's are we, true. what are we doing? Why are we making more Dead by Daylights? <laughs> Evil Dead looks like it's going to be Dead by Daylight again. I'm just getting annoyed by yeah. the amount of Dead by Daylight clones. I just I, I don't like asymmetrical multiplayer fucking affairs. I'm sorry I don't. It's not no, fun. it's one of those genres I wish we could just abolish. Yeah, give me a monster hunter alike with with fucking these slasher characters and mm-hmm. they're going after bigger monsters. Like if you, you're going after like Cthulhu's, but you're playing as like leather Leatherface, wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be like some merging of worlds that we haven't seen. That'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a little. They got they got to work together. Like Freddie and Jason got to work together, and fucking Pinhead's there doing his high hypersexual shit. No, now you're onto something. I'm on something. You're onto something. I'm on something, right? Freddy and Jason versus Pinhead. Versus Pinhead? No, yeah. there's no versus. They got to be together. So you put X's in between their names. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> That's how you do it back in the day. Tekken Cross Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, we need more things like that. Yeah, we do. We need more crossovers. That's all that matters. I wish there was one game, some sort of shooting game with building mechanics where every piece of media fits no matter what. You could throw Spider-Man and fucking John Wick in the game. I don't know yeah. what it is. yeah. Maybe do a, like a Martin Luther King exhibit too, just for good measure. Oh no! <laughs> There's no way we can get that wrong in games. <laughs> oh, did we get it wrong? Yeah. Did we get it wrong? So I have a theory, Daniel. 
Sure, lay it on me. You have a franchise, right? A video gaming franchise, and it's getting tired. People, you're getting diminishing returns. I've said that four times already uh, over the over the years. What do you do? What do you do to fix that up? Make it open world. We did it to Zelda. Mm-hmm. We did it to fucking Halo Infinite. We did it to Kirby. We did. We did it to Kirby. We also gave him some Last of Us flavor in there. Yeah. Weird. And now we're doing it to Sonic. Sonic Frontiers. I will buy that Sonic. I will play an open world Sonic. I am excited. It looks like Sonic X, like Shadow of the Colossus. D- X, yeah, like Breath it looked of the world. oddly serious. Yeah, for like Sonic, like, really totally dark, and like you're going against these like monoliths. Yeah, it's like he's trying to like find a lost love <laughs> or something, or find like a part of himself that he's missing out there in those woods. And he's 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 probably fighting like his own psyche. I'm into this. I'm into that. I'm into this. This is good. Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, because like I feel like Sonic has just gone so fast in the years that he's yeah. gone past his own needs, right? Yeah. His but own, his, but his own demons error. will always catch up with him. I hope this game is an ob- observation about the hedgehog within. <laughs> you know, <laughs> our inner hedge. <laughs> uh, on the flip side of that, we got the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog two. The movie, the live action movie, um, introed by what the fuck is his name? Ben Ben Schwartz, Ben Schwartz, and then Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey on a doing screen, a weird bit, being Irish and doing a bit. Yeah, I don't know where the Irish thing came from. What, what was he? What was he trying to? I don't really know what that was. Did about. he know why he was there that night? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's like, I know this guy. I know this kid, Ben Schwartz. I know him. He's middle stitch in in Shorty or whatever. The oh. one that isn't a sex pest that we know of. The well, other one Because Tom Schwartz is, or Tom Middleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever his fucking name sex is. Sex pest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this trailer. Yeah. We got we got some of Miles, Tails, Prowler. Prower. Uh, we got Prower. We got uh, Knuckles in there. We got Robotnik. Yeah. We got Seattle. We got fucking Sonic out there yeah. on the Space Needle being a fucking, like, Nighthog. Yeah, being Batman yeah. out there, right? Yeah, I love seeing Seattle in movies. Mm-hmm. I don't like driving into Seattle. Parking is terrible. To find parking, yeah, you know, especially so. on days like this when it's raining. It's raining. Yeah, it's raining. Or on nights like the the night that *Malignant* took place, right? You don't want to go in Seattle that night. <laughs> it's time to remove the cancer. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me my body horror Sonic. That's we what I want that. a Sonic movie. We got for. that though. What do you mean? That was Sonic Unleashed. Sonic Unleashed is the body horror Sonic. Yeah. Okay, well, do, I got to play that. Do I need to dig out a Wii U to, to jump into this? Like, what do I need? Uh, what archaic trash <laughs> do I need to unearth to play Hopefully, old Sonic games? Hopefully, with uh, PlayStation yeah. Spartacus, they bring it to that. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. dude. I would subscribe Pretty right cool. away to get my fucking <laughs> David Lynch... <laughs> Sonic interpretation. Uh, so this trailer, I was I was pretty into. Um, I just tell me what, what what did it for you, man? I think it's just the scale. It seems like a bigger movie. The scale. Right? Yeah, it looks like the same location. It seems like they, <laughs> they, there's so much at stake. Like Robotnik, you know, he's out there in, in, in Mushroom Hill Zone. He, he got hold of the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah, okay. Chaos Emeralds are are big. In, What's in the, the deal with the Chaos Emerald, man? Like, Ch- what what happens if you have one? Yeah, well, if you get all of them, yeah. you have ultimate power, right? Okay, when Sonic we... gets them, he becomes supersonic, right? Okay. So, like, the idea is that, like, Robotnik is trying to harvest all seven of them to just, you know... So you have to swallow the emerald? Like, how no, does he get the power you just, of it? You, they, you, you get them, and they just kind of, yeah. like, rotate around you like a like an emerald force. You know what else people got? Hmm. 
wet hearing Knuckles for the first time. Oh my god. Goodness yeah, remember gracious. when Idris Elba was like, oh, we're not gonna, uh, he's not gonna be sexy. I'm not gonna make him sound sexy. Yeah, I made him sexy. You make him this fucking sensual uh, fucking echidna growl that came out of him. So where we, we plug in the meme where it's like, I, I'm aware of my effect <laughs> on, on women. women. Yeah, yeah, from the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks, it looks cool. Uh, I'm into it and it's coming out next year, which is yeah just crazy soon you know listen i had a good time the first time i saw sonic a bad time the second time i saw oh, yeah. sonic i don't well, know if because i like took an edible before we watched <laughs> sonic or something well <laughs> the problem with the first movie is that it's not very funny or the, the writing's and, not great. and then revisiting those bad jokes a second time feels like waterboarding right yeah. <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> the chili dog fart was also yeah. like pretty pretty painful to get through so that was one of my hype moments i think yeah. just seeing that trailer yeah a lot of people are very hyped about this sonic did we have a discussion of like who's more iconic? Is it Mario or Sonic? Uh, no, we we didn't. I think Sonic's more iconic than Mario. Yeah, and I do mean iconic. No, like don't think like oh quality of game because well, Sonic would lose. Th- I'm saying <laughs> like like as an icon. The remember the argument like who is more popular, Sonic or Link from Zelda? That was the argument. That was Sonic the, is yeah, yeah more popular than Link. People can't even get Link's fucking name exactly. right, whether they're memeing or not. Who is more popular, Mario or Sonic? Yeah. I think, I think Mario. You think Mario? Yeah, more popular as a character. Yeah, more recognizable. We're getting like a fucking whole Nintendo theme park with Mario in it. You know? Yeah, we don't we don't really have that with Sonic. No, it'd be too fast. We have those like Sonic like uh, like freeze pops that you can get from a fucking ice cream truck. <laughs> We've had those since like, the 90s, the yeah. gumball eyes are melting all over the place. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I would I would give it to. I think Mario is a more popular character. <laughs> He's going to look it up. I'm going to look at this. Yeah. So that, that was one of my hype moments. Another okay. one here that I really enjoyed was Cuphead. Uh, we knew there was going to be DLC, ah. but they announced it. They did a whole reveal trailer for what is the delicious last course. Because that's DLC. That's so it's, cute. It's pretty clever. Isn't pretty that clever. funny? Unlike the writing of Sonic. <laughs> M- Moldenhauer Studios, man. They're pretty clever, those, those people. But they did a cool intro where they had like a a jazz band come out and they had these like jazz singers just kind of hype it up and then you know we got the reveal that you know you're gonna play as the original two cuphead and mugman and then miss chalice is there and you go to this other island and you know it just seems you know more cuphead right like there's nothing wrong with that that first game was the main game is so fucking good Mm -hmm. right and i'm always looking for reasons to go back to it i gotta play that this is neat i gotta i gotta get into that i gotta play that um hellblade 2 yes Looks Sending fucking ridiculous. Saga. They said that whole trailer was in game. I, I find know. that so hard to believe. I know it looked but... like a cinematic. The whole thing, yeah. but then you can see like when she was like running away from the Jotun thing, mm-hmm. uh, which was like a horror Jotun, this half man that's fucking like melted and shit coming at her. It was crazy. Yeah. So w- with Jeff's idea of like you're gonna get five Elden Ring type reveals, I think this was one of them. He probably meant that this was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I'm just interested because like I I played the first uh, Hellblade. And it's kind of a very introspective adventure, mm-hmm. and most of the things you're battling are more, like, in your head, so mm-hmm. it is weird to see, like, this whole giant set piece, yeah. and I'm just like, how did we escalate? Do they see this? Yeah. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. I'm yeah. like, what's going it's on It's almost here? like this God of Warification of Senua's. Yeah, I'm, I'm still super interested, right? Um, but yeah, that's coming out. That, that's one of those games where it feels like you need to play it on, like, a Series X, mm-hmm. right? Or, like, a high-end PC. Like, I need to see that game, like, in full rendering beauty forget with ninja theory now being under xbox is this exclusive yep okay yep yeah the first one wasn't this one is so there you go uh we gotta talk about it star wars eclipse star wars eclipse so i've never seen in human history 
people go through so many emotions in the span of like a minute and a half, two minutes where you, you get this. It's, it's a gorgeous trailer too. Like, yeah, it you is. Know, no, no gameplay. It looks like all cinematic stuff, but like, God. So star Wars eclipse, right? Like you get the reveals, you get what looks like kind of the high Republic days of star Wars, kind of maybe like, you know, before the, the main trilogy got pretty hyped and then they slapped the fucking <laughs> developer on it. And it's being made by Quantic Dream. That was a shoe drop. That was a shoe it drop. It was just like, oh. Everybody was like, yeah, oh, fuck. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember I was incorrectly screaming in the stream that it was Amy Hennig's game. And I'm just like, oh, wait, she's making a Marvel game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's off doing a Marvel game. Um, I also called Deborah Wilson Deborah Messing. <laughs> you seem really caught up on this. I'm really caught up. Like you... I love Deborah Wilson. And I besmirched her mm-hmm. by calling her Deborah Messing, who I don't know what she's famous for. No way to know. There's no way to look this up and know. There, I'll look things. it up real quick. Deborah no, Messing. There, I know she's on a sitcom. <laughs> but Deborah Wilson is Amanda Waller. Yes. And I think she was also in another trailer. She was in the Forspoken trailer that they showed. Forspoken still looks sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. And we have a release date for that. It's like uh, May. May 24th. Something like that. What's Deborah that? Messing. Yeah. Okay. She's, okay. Been weird stuff. She's Will weird. and Grace. Yeah. That's what she's famous the for. The Wedding Date. Along Came Polly. What is that? Dirty Dancing 2017. Long Game Polly, isn't it the Ben Stiller film? <laughs> it sure as fuck uh, is. Every trailer had a uh, sweaty-ass Kevin James titty on on uh, his face, and that was a big joke. Yeah, I'm glad we moved away from the need of having Kevin James in a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think we he, should not necessitate that kind of... Yeah. It's a bad. It's a bad look for right. everyone. Um, what was I going to say? So, okay, the Star Wars game, right? Star Wars. Like, I... I got hyped because I was like, holy shit, this could be massive Star Wars, like that that open world game that they're supposed right. to be working on. And I forgot that Quantic Dream was even doing. Everyone did. Uh, we got Star mad then. <laughs> now we're mad again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be one of those things where like, I'm going to begrudgingly play it because like, fuck yeah. David Cage, fuck his practices, fuck his right. sexist sentiments and everything. He's, he's an asshole, but like... He said all women in his video games are whores. He did say that. He did. He did say I that. I just want to remind people of the things that this is the game the that followed up over here. jeff Keeley's <laughs> yeah. call to arms about harassment yeah, yeah, yeah. and doing better jesus christ yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's one of my high moments i have some spotlights that i want to talk about that sure. you know maybe are not, are not necessarily for me apparently Gollum is getting a video game and i knew about this but i forgot that they were doing it are they bringing andy circus back for it are they i don't <laughs> think so i don't think they, i don't know if they need to oh um, they need to yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> they, they need to get him like fucking full body motion captured all over again. What if he can't stretch that well anymore? You know, like he's not that flexible. Yeah, because looking at him in uh, the Marvel movies, like you know, he's doing like he's, a buff. Like, he's doing buff. He's doing a lot of upper body yeah. movements, but he's not like on all fours. And he's directed feral. movies. He directed Venom Two, which we haven't seen yet. Oh, he did do that. He did do that. Oh yeah, yeah, God. yeah. So anyway, Gollum, the game. Yeah. Thank you. Speaking of, I'm jumping the monolith. They're doing a Wonder Woman game. Yes, because they did the Middle Earth games. Mm-hmm. I want to see what that is. Yeah, I don't think this was something anybody was expecting. No, um, no. And we didn't really get any gameplay or anything. It was just like, you know, the, the name of the game and that game's version of what Wonder Woman will look like. Sure. Um, but yeah, the fact that Monolith is working on it. You uh, have to imagine it's going to be Middle-Earthy, right? Where yeah. Where it's like a, a closed-circuited open world, mm-hmm. one of our favorites. Uh, and, you know, maybe the Nemesis system will be back. Yes. But her nemesises will be like Steppenwolves. Mm-hmm. Steppenwolves. I hope a lot of it takes place on like what I know nothing about her Themyscira. Yeah, is is that going to be the thing? Are we going to build that place out? Is it going to be? 
Oh, or is there different locales? Do we fall in love with the pilot? We were. <laughs> Does that pilot inhabit the man of a uh, the body of a man <laughs> that uh, you know we don't want to happen for as long as it does, but it does. Do you think it was like a waking dream to him? <laughs> like he saw everything through the eyes of Steve Rogers or whatever his name is. St- George Trevor. Steve, Steve Trevor. Trevor. Trevor Steves. Something like that. <laughs> it's yeah. funny too because like you and I were talking about this yesterday while we were playing Avengers and we're like, yeah, we don't really know anything about Wonder Woman outside of like like movies. in terms of like her, her villains outside of the movies and DCEU. And mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of wonder woman's purpose outside of her own movies is to just serve like the justice league and batman and superman story so like i do want to see like what her world is all about in a a more genuine way that doesn't have to uh, like invoke the greater idea of like dc characters it could be cool could be cool it could be cool but we already got a wonder woman game what which one was that assassin's creed odyssey oh that was a wonderful woman Mm -hmm. There's this interesting thing. So uh, Aaron Flynn, the old Bioware boss, got a new game called Night- Nightingale. Mm-hmm. Nightingale, which is a hodgepodge of literally everything that PC gamers like, which is uh, PvP, I think, was in there. Mm-hmm. We had some base building. We had giant monsters. We had a weird steampunky realm merging look to everything. I think there's too much going on in that game. Mm-hmm too much going on in that game right now like the base building threw me off i don't like base building in any game Mm -mm. to be honest with you but pc players love that click 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 build resources resource cut down a tree shit um i mean i like the forest but i have a tolerance level yeah for foresty games a little different yeah but uh it looked interesting because the monsters were pretty cool you know it looks like you can team up and take down giant monsters and i like that in a game i like Mm -hmm. teaming up and taking out giant monsters <laughs> uh speaking of we we got in the pre-show yeah some monster hunter news what was it gameplay for monster hunter rise sunbreak which i think was uh revealed during e3 i think so. during nintendo's conference uh but yeah sunbreak will add new monsters and master hunts to Ma- monster hunter rise this summer and we get a look at w- we got to look at one of the monsters the wolf like lungarian so yeah i mean for monster hunter rise fans that's pretty cool what did you say i uh, just named the monster man don't worry about what it. did you the wolf like lungarian yeah that's so lungarian so, so his name is lungarian or lungaron and he's a wolf-like creature oh okay that's the thing they showed in the trailer makes more sense um yeah i mean that's cool for monster hunter rise fans you and i dropped off on that pretty pretty hard i love world uh, we also got babylon's fall gameplay in did the, we in the pre-show yeah which is i don't know that game does not I thought seem it was like a fever dream something I, i'm gonna be interested in anymore it, well you you will be when i tell you they're reusing a bunch of assets from final fantasy 14 he oh. said hey we have all these assets oh i love that use them <laughs> that's that, that's, that's the only thing i know um <laughs> uh, this last thing that i like from the pre-show was tunic which is kind of inspired by the original zelda Ugh, it's an indie game, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, <laughs> some other stuff here. Have a uh, what is it? Have a nice death day. What, what's oh, that, that looked cool. It's a roguelike where you play as death or baby dead. What is it called? I got that name wrong. Uh, have a nice death. Have a nice death. Okay, yeah, that looks pretty cool. Happy death day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked dope. That looked uh, pretty cool. Um, I think we immediately said it's up Chelsea's alley. Yes, a hundred percent. Looks like the kind of shit that she would love. Uh, very death's dory, but it's side scroller, mm-hmm. not a uh, isometric. <clears throat> isometric games are superior to side scrollers. We know that. <laughs> we know that. We know that. Uh, one of my big kind of hype moments is we got a trailer for Persona 4 Arena Ultimax port release uh, coming to PC 
PS4, yeah. and Switch on March 10th. Ultimax. 2022. 10 it. days after its original release. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I hope this is a well, lead Not the in. same year. No. <laughs> I, I hope um, this is a lead into maybe more like Persona 4 ports and things, or maybe a drum up for like a Persona 5 fighter. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of uh, characters you could mine from that and make a cool fighting game. I was actually surprised that they wouldn't, like, they didn't announce, like, oh, Joker's DLC or something for this game. Mm -hmm. So it almost, you can almost imagine that they're probably going to do another one, and this is testing the waters if if there's a market for it still, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It looks dope, though. It does, yeah, the game was great when it came out. Guilty Gear style fighting. It was good. Arxis is great at making them fighters, especially anime fighters. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently there's rumors of Persona 3 getting a re-release, kind of like how Nocturne did, uh, SMT3 Nocturne, which would be cool. Never played Persona 3, I've heard great things about it, and I've never played Persona 4, which I also want to play, eventually. And I guess one day I'll have to actually play Royal (laughs) and beat it. Yeah, I mean, you have Persona 5 proper. Yeah. I have Royal. That's that old shit. Yeah, I'm I'm saying, man, next backlog season, which... Is a regular thing these days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should just pop it in. Like it's just pop it in. It's a hundred hours. It's gonna take some time, but it it's is the thing. complete Persona Five experience. It is robust. It's an emotional journey. It's got some fucking great dungeons. You, you already know. You've played, you know, Persona Five, and you've you've seen people play Royal. I've seen stuff. You've seen things. I love Strikers. I beat that one. Oh, Strikers is that hotness. Strikers is the hotness. Strikers is so good. I want another Strikers. That's the thing. These turn-based games, they're, uh, come on, you know? But these fucking hack and slashes, that's the new deal. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about this, because I feel yeah. like this was uh, the lean in, into Jeff Keighley's, like, revolution of gaming, right? Yeah. We got The oh, Matrix no. Awakens. <laughs> the Matrix Awakens! Okay, uh, I played that yesterday. Which is now live on PlayStation 5, yeah. and it runs in on Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. 360 uh on, on, on series oh, x it's on series x as well okay. yeah, yeah yeah cool uh How yes it? it's on the unreal 5 it's interesting it's it's a tech demo a lot of it's kind of like trailer-y like it's a big cutscene, and then there's some gameplay mm-hmm. and basically they're just showing the particle effects and the uncanny valley of the characters i could still tell I know a fake Keanu from a real one. They tried to trick you, too, because they start with showing, like, live-action footage and then try to blend it. Wow. Yes, you wanted to know. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, they they try to trick you by showing you live-action footage of, you know, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss and then blending it into, like, the Unreal 5 engine ones. And I know immediately when it's happening. Mm -hmm. I've got sharp eyes and a 4K TV. You're not going to pull a fucking veil. (laughs) You're not going to fucking blue pill my ass, all right? Shit. All right? Yeah, I know what's up. But um, it, it, it was cool. I would say, despite the graphics being, like, really really realistic a lot of hitching problems mm-hmm. it seems like it struggled to go from like one action set piece to another without like slowdown occurring mm. so that was kind of like a drawback for me where i was like oh i would have been impressed if it was like realistic graphics that are smooth but mm-hmm. like the demo like had a bunch of instances of slowdown for me and then it spits you out at the end after having a major like basically a highway car chase where you're just shooting at tires and that's all you can do because you can't shoot people i guess in the demo um well shoot people in the demo they die in real life they die in real life it's true come on then uh you you get spit out into a big open world like a gigantic city basically but all you can do in it is walk around read some plaques annoy people that you accidentally walk into Mm -hmm. and steal cars um i like one of those things yeah people 
Stealing cars. Stealing cars. Yeah. And um, yeah, when I went too fast in the demo, the, the game would just bust itself. <laughs> Which is really funny to me. I was just like, oh, what a great tech to... Oh, it's running like shit. But it was cool because you could fuck with it like a developer would. And mm. like take the textures out, change the time of day... Uh, play with all these settings look at the fucking like wireframes of the of the level and stuff it was mm-hmm. cool it's it, it, unreal 5 is impressive it is i will give it that i have to wonder how easy it is for developers to use and make these fucking like one-to-one realistic games is it gonna be like fucking 10 years to get a game out the door like that who knows oh yeah probably <laughs> um but yeah we'll we'll see because like i don't know i'm not a developer i don't know like what are what, what's the selling points for unreal 5 other than like cool graphics like is it easier tool set to work with mm-hmm. is it an engine that's going to be able to do multiple things for me it seems like i had problems with me crashing cars <laughs> but yeah it was, it was cool whatever more excited for the movie. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of what it was to drum up hype for like Resurrections, and yeah. it stars the new character, right? That's in the, the yeah, movie. yeah, it does. Although you don't have any context for the new film, it doesn't really go into any of that. Mm. Like it just kind of like, like literally, Keanu's talking to you, the audience member, and they make a few jokes about marketing uh, being shitty. Okay, <laughs> that was about it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I'm excited for Matrix Resurrections. I'm doing yeah, a rewatch yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the third movie. Yeah, we're well, awesome. Are you going to review those? You want to review them and all? Like, we, all together? we could. Yeah, we could just do like all four movies yeah. in one review. We got to do a, new, a No Way Home review. We do. Like right when we get out of the theater, we sit down and be like, here's our hype. So like next Sunday. Next Sunday. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, like yeah. I got to I gotta watch it that day. Oh, it leads into my vacation, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because that next week is yep. Christmas week. <laughs> I got to work all of Christmas week. That's not exciting. That's not exciting at all. That blows. Um, I'm trying Unreal. to see if there's anything else that was exciting here. I mean, there there oh, were a few like Telltale type things that were announced. Like, there's an Expanse game coming. Yeah. Um, and then there's a Star Wars game that got announced. Can we just point out that it's a weird thing to say like, oh, there's Telltale stuff getting announced. That's not Telltale. That's some yeah. other fucking company, fucking parading its corpse around mm. <laughs> and acting like they're Telltale. <laughs> what is it? Sky Sky Media. What's that studio called? Sky Media does the Walking Dead stuff. That's different. Mm. No, it. they took the name. It is Telltale. Oh, okay, gotcha. But like, it's gotcha. another company that bought out Telltale shit yeah, and well. assets. Star Trek Resurgence is from Dramatic Labs, a studio made up of Telltale game veterans. So that might be actually a little different. The fuck is Star Trek Resurgence? That's a similar type of like narrative game. Did it come out? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay, I'm so confused. Yeah. So Star Trek Resurgence is a third-person, choice-driven game set in the Star Trek universe coming in 2022. Um, and then The Expanse is actually from that Telltale team you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, it'll be developed by Telltale Games with Life is Strange developer uh, Deck Nine, who did True Colors. Um, I think that's about it, really. Like a lot of there's other like little things here. Like uh, there's a fucking <laughs> Dune Spice Wars game coming out. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait for this. It's like an RTS. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, not as hype as I thought it was going to no. be, and that's totally fine. Like I said at the the top, like you know we're still in the the cycle of, of COVID, and you know some of these more hype announcements are either getting delayed for reasons or probably getting saved for like individual studios press conferences, right? So. Why didn't Joseph uh, Ferraras, Ferraz, Ferraz, why didn't he come out and just go like, fire Bobby Kotek? That would have been the fucking hypest moment. Yeah, he had all the, the gall to say, fuck yeah. the Oscars. Or fuck 2K, because they're trying to take the It Takes Two. Oh my god, down. yeah, that's not something we, we talked about it. Would have been funny as fuck. Well, with that, yeah. I mean, not to like shoehorn this at the end like Jeff Keighley did, but I guess we got to talk about the winners, right? Let's talk about the winner's circle. 
of of everything that was voted for. Some yeah. surprises here. I'm actually, I I won't bury the lead. I'm surprised Deathloop didn't get Game of the Year. I thought that that would be the the favorite, mm-hmm. the precious pick. I thought I, so too. I am glad it takes two got it because I think that's a very deserving game. It's not my game of the year, um, just because. <laughs> Like, nothing against the game. I like the game a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. There's just other games that I was really taken with this year more so, like Returnal. Yes. And stuff like that. But, um, yeah. But yeah. Good, good on them for getting the game of the year. Yeah, there were a few games in there that, like, I was kind of, like, leaning into hard and, and wanting to win game of the year, right? Like, even fucking, like, Ratchet and Clank, I was like, that could be a contender for game of the year. Like, that feels like it checks off the box yeah. for everybody. I thought Metroid Dread was going to take it, because, like, right. Game Awards is a mix of, like, you know, panels and judges from the, the industry, but it's mainly, like, audience voted, right? So I thought mm-hmm. maybe, like, everybody who is really high on that that game would just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to come out and vote for it. It just, I am surprised, and actually, like, not really too in love with the idea of it takes two winning, because, like, while it's on my game of the year list, I don't think it's representative of like what makes game of the year hmm. like it's it's it's, it's a, got gameplay it's got gameplay and it came out in a year it's yeah. co-op some of these games don't have co-op so i'll give it that i think it's like a, an amazing multiplayer game oh. like a game of the year in, in the co-op sense right because like it's such a it, it brings us back to the days of like couch co-op and like you know yeah. it's super creative the level design is so smart um but like what it, you know in terms of game of the year i think it's a combined elements of like you know all these things for me at least right like and it's it's different for everybody, right? But like, you know, sound design, writing, character work, all the stuff. I feel like it just kind of has to mesh together. And I feel like gameplay is king in this game, but I didn't love the story all the way through. And some of the character work was, it was a little, the book, right? Little the book uneven. was fucking annoying. Little, little I would have made sure it didn't get game of the year because of that book. Yeah, hated that book, man. But well, what should have won, in your opinion, but, from this group? I don't know. I like the idea that they won to spite. Uh, <laughs> take two interactive yeah people are like voting because they're like oh we gotta we gotta support the studio yeah um i was actually like Deathloop would have been an obvious one just because like i feel Mm -hmm. like every person in games media was like hailing it as game of the year i would have liked to have seen resident evil village take it yeah yeah. because i thought like even though it's it pales in comparison to seven for me i think it's a great game through and through it's a great game it hits on every level for me great game out of of this list that's one of the games that i had the most fun with this year for shorzies jerseys but it should have gotten a returnal <laughs> should have so best game direction on here went to def loop okay yeah i can agree with that i'm uh, not mad about that a lot of games that are already in the game of the year category are also in that in that running up yeah there's a lot of overlap between categories yeah. um like we kind of saw last year where like fucking the last of us part two was in every fucking category yeah that's true um but yeah i'll, I'll give a game direction i thought the art design music design all of it was was really well done and like the the merging of action and stealth was was cool yeah i have trouble in video games like um distinguishing direction from just like best game whereas like in movies it's like well if we're talking about like best director yeah it's like oh okay well yeah i can kind of you can see signature things that are like a director but a game is like a culmination of like art design and direction and sound, like everything right so it's hard for me to be like so how is this directed better than like something else i like last year where they actually did like for each category kind of break down the specifications for it like huh. what does game direction mean and okay. i think it's like you know for game direction it's like what was your vision for the game and how did you execute it gotcha. right? and i think like its vision is executed very well right okay yeah best ongoing went to Final Fantasy fourteen. Fuck yeah, dude! Oh my goodness! I 
I can see that. No contender on that one. Yeah. They I, seem to love their fans. You know what they did for this uh, server outage thing? Or sorry, the, the long queues? Mm-hmm. They actually converted some of their beta servers into prod mm-hmm. for customers to use just to help out shortages. Wow. What the fuck? That is not an easy fucking thing to do. And they did it to help out the crowds. Final Fantasy fourteen, just for that alone and the fact that like... When it blew up, right, when the, the la- I think, what was it, the 5.3 expansion came out and then they were giving out those, like, free trials, the game ballooned, right? Yep. Like, there was a point where they stopped had, having to sell it in digital places because, like, yeah. they couldn't accommodate the server load. They're like, please stop. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that, like, they're coming up with ways to just make sure all players can play, you know, uh, they're compensating for the long queue times, the players not being able to get in-game, right? They're like, oh, we'll give you free subscription time. Just the the end to end like expansion support is great. Like I'm hearing nothing but praise for Endwalker, which is yep. the the expansion that's out right now. So good on them. I was nervous Fortnite would get it, uh, just because like that, I was nervous Fortnite. Would <laughs> that get community it. is yeah. Fuck those fuckers. Is rabid, but whatever. <laughs> Stupid idiots working around the clock, crunching like dumbasses. <laughs> so we got two back to back ones. You <laughs> dumb builder bitches. You stole Spider Man and you made him better than Avengers. You made him better than Avengers. You, you goddamn that. bastards. Uh, we got two yeah. indie categories back to back. So best indie is the first one. Uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits took it. Yeah. Um, and there were some games in there that like I probably would have given it to like death store is in there i would have given it to death store and inscriptions in there as well which people are like going crazy shouting about, about. shouting like, about. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god yeah i wouldn't have given it to 12 minutes i think it should have won <laughs> yeah a game about weird incest and mystery i think it should have yeah. won <laughs> i think we should tell the industry we want more games about brothers and sisters you know i i mean i tell the seo every yeah. day <laughs> you want more sibling fucking. uh best indie debut had a lack of sibling fucking but it had another win for kenna because kenna took that as well <laughs> that's not fair you don't get to get both you don't get both you i mean don't get to debut and take best indie get looking at these other games in here like i've heard good things about the artful escape mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. sable as well i'm gonna play the forgotten city i've heard very good things about forgotten yeah. city uh no clip is doing a documentary in the forgotten city oh nice releasing by the time people listen to this episode good stuff best narrative this is a surprise because it went to uh guardians of the galaxy and i think a lot of people were ready to sleep on it especially after avengers mm-hmm. but the story is the best part of this fucking game mm-hmm. they land so much and part of it is the performances part of it's like the motion capture they do the animations are crazy above standards for the for this fucking industry this game has so much baked into it uh it's shocking it is shocking how good guardians of the galaxy is it's quickly one of my favorites this year wow um so i actually agree i know some people will be like oh no it should be death loop or i guess psychonauts too but no no no. guardians is fucking sick the thing about like the narrative of death loop is like it's a patchwork that really it leans really heavily on like the the gameplay loop and mechanic Mm -hmm. which like it's a neat idea when you can pull that off like expertly right like i think of games like returnal and uh fucking um uh hades right hades, which yeah, are, yeah. are so good in that merging of like yes this is a roguelike yeah, the story suffers because of the patchwork game design yeah in Deathloop's case <laughs> where it's like you're given like 
either critical information too quickly or too late and it just like just makes the story suffer like yeah. a lot if you're looking at a to b narrative i could see how uh guardians of the galaxy took it like oh, i'm amazing. three chapters in right now and i'm impressed by the character work and like what's going on so mm-hmm. yeah i that's gonna be the game that i i need to finish before uh probably christmas and definitely before game of the year because mm-hmm. i i want to be able to talk about that game so yeah uh best art direction death loop took it which not mad about but uh, but but you had the artful escape right there arts in the name yeah that, come on we fucked up i never I hear, played it <laughs> i hear that's like it's a, a very like visual journey uh that takes like music into the forefront and just does a lot of cool expansive stuff with with the medium yeah I heard, i've heard um, good things about it i hate music you do well, we're going to talk about the next one then. Best score in music, which oh. went to Near Replicants. Okay, that- out of out of all the music from the games here, first of all, Cyberpunk, get out of here. Yeah, uh, I listened to the Near Replicant soundtrack like the most this year. So good like, since it came. Song out. of the Ancients, man. They made up a language for that song. <laughs> yeah, so fucking good, amazing, fucking amazing. Uh, Deathloop's music is good in that like '60s, '70s inspired like noir. It's like a almost- vibe, but I wouldn't listen to it on a day off. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I have two Deathloop songs on a video game uh, yeah. playlist I have, but I think I like the sound design more than I like the music where like you have the, the combat cues or like when you get alerted, like the guitar kicks in right. and I think that's really, really cool. But right. yeah, good on you, Nier. That was, fuck. You deserve that. Nier deserves it. Best audio design goes to Forza Horizon 5 for the car sounds in the room oh, rooms. Oh man. Apparently they did a good job with the room rooms. We got Returnal on this, Deathloop's on this, Ratchet and Clank. I think Clank. Returnal should have probably got that. Yeah. The sound design's ridiculous. Oh my god. Game. And then there's that one boss fight with the music where it's like this the piano organ organ swell that's yeah. like a big component. Of it. Yeah. The sound design in that game is amazing and I played most of it with headphones in. So yeah. yeah that, what do you call it? The bi- binaural design? Right. Um, people who were playing it with like the Pulse headset, uh, that wireless PS5 headset. Died. So, <laughs> it literally killed them on the spot. They just fucking it died. Physically blew their brain. They're still scraping the bits. Man's not meant to hear that way. <laughs> we don't have binaural ears. <laughs> uh, best performance. This is one that I think I I don't agree with. But uh, wow, Maggie Robertson, uh, who played Lady D, Lady D from Resident Evil Village, took that. The very tall yeah. vampire lady that everybody loves. Uh she did a great job. What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah, she she's deserving i don't think she was in the game that much yeah but i don't like look uh giancarlo esposito was in far cry 6 for like 10 minutes i i mean so either (laughs) if there was a best supporting performance category like i would give her best supporting actress for sure okay like but i think so much of her winning that category was just like fan vote like people wanting to fuck her and be stepped on by yeah. her like before the game even came out like right but part of that is the performance <laughs> like 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 uh you couldn't get that out of like melissa mccarthy <laughs> <laughs> but i i will say to her credit like she seemed really humbled and appreciative of it and like yeah. you know and tall and tall she's very she's tall. very tall in real you, life. you don't it's expect crazy. her to be as tall as she is in the game but yeah, there yeah. she is because like wasn't it ashley johnson and uh laura bailey yeah like a, look really small next and she her. comes just fucking just towering over them it was great i i love that they actually presented it because like they were in the category last year and they gave did two, laura win yeah they gave two of the best Seriously. performances last year yeah 
Um, I had a replay Last of Us but too. She seemed time. really happy, and she's like, "This yeah, game changed my yeah. life," and that that it, was just really heartwarming to see. Like but my vote would have been for Erica Mori as Alex Chen oh. from Life is Strange because I, I, see, think I haven't played it. I don't know. She is the core of that game. She brings right. that emotional through line from start to finish, and like just being a part of her journey and like being with her the whole time is really impactful. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, but it did. Life is Strange did get games for impact. It did. Sounds like it deserves. I need to play that before the years. Yeah, out. it's a short experience. I mean, even if you're going for the platinum, it's like under twelve hours, like to do everything. It doesn't take very long. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I would say like its focus on mental health uh, is really important, um, and then it just does some really good character work as well. Mm. Good on you, Life is Strange: True Colors. You deserve it. These all seem like flyby. Uh, best community support: Final Fantasy XIV Online. Good best mobile you. game. Uh, Genshin Impact, Genshin Impact, as they called it the entire time. So much shit for that. So, um, th- so this is a weird one. Uh, I was listening to Kind of Funny Games Daily's review yeah. uh, rundown of the show, and Jared Petty says that he actually fucking hates this because it's such a gotcha game model, mm. um, and there's so many other better designed, more creative mobile games going on right yeah. now, uh, especially in like the Apple Arcade space. And he, I don't know, like. He didn't say, I fucking hate it, like, word for word, but, like, he was just disappointed by it, because, like, yeah. there's so many other, like, more deserving devs of it, and, yeah, I agree. I mean, I fucking give it to, like, Pokemon Unite, I don't know. <laughs> probably true, probably true. Now, best VR, going to motherfucking Resident Evil 4. Love to see Resident Evil 4 yep. cleaning up awards, Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> 20 years, years after so it came crazy. out. Fuck yeah, dude. Love it. Love uh, it. I, I, but I've heard amazing things about yes. it on uh, Oculus. Uh, didn't they rename the Oculus? Don't they call it like fucking like the the Meta Quest now? Which, oh yes, I want to die. I hate that. I want to die. That's a worse name, Meta Quest. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I, I've heard great things. They retextured, remodeled the whole game to work in VR, and it sounds fucking great. Mm-hmm. I want to play it. Yeah. Uh, best action went to Returnal. Thank you. They won something, which serves it. it. In my game of the year talk, when we do our episode, like I always talk about how gameplay is is king. Although, like, it is still combined elements of things that make the whole experience. But, like, I... This was a game that I was addicted to. Like, yeah, me too. Like, a high level of mastery at. Even if I was doing the same, like, six biomes over and over. Like, getting good at that game and learning that it's ins and outs felt so rewarding. Yeah, it never stopped being and, fun. And the design of the world is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Just crazy. The third-person gunplay is amazing. I wanted an Aliens game like that. Mm-hmm. The one we got is fun, but I wanted an Aliens to be that. Yeah. You know? Something that fucking sick. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best action adventure goes to The Metroid Dread. Again, I wouldn't know. Did not play The Metroid Dread. I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm running out of time this year. And that means games cannot be played outside of their year of release. That's true. They <laughs> expire. They, they stink yeah, real bad, too. It's real stinky. Uh, yeah, that, that's fine. This, this, that's a fine award. I mean, Metroid had to win something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it wasn't no going to win best audio. No. Uh, ah. Ratchet and Clank. Maybe could have taken it, but Probably, that, that's I would one. almost give that the best adventure. This is the category we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have given I would have given that best because that was the, the most fun that I had with like an adventure game. Yeah, this year I, th- I think they did a wonderful job of that game. Uh, best role playing Tales of Arise. I can't disagree. I also can't agree fully because mm-hmm. I didn't beat it. I want to beat it, but everything I've played of it is very good, and everyone who has played it is very up on it. Arise is a cool series. Hmm. Tales is a cool series. Arise is a 
entry. <laughs> uh, best fighting game, I have no stake in this yep. race, but I've, Guilty I've, Gear Strive. Yeah, I've heard Strive should win. Yeah. Strive apparently has been getting a lot of love. A lot of love. Um, did a did a great job with it. But we also got Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl on this, and they just added Garfield to that game. Oh, shit. Did you know you can't play him on Mondays? That's not a joke. <laughs> Is that true? They made sure that he's like, he, you can't select him on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> really? that's amazing <laughs> holy shit that should be best fighting game right there <laughs> um best family game goes to it takes two which is weird because it feels like it owns like best multiplayer co-op but it doesn't feel like a family game to me yeah like it's that's a weird bitter game to want to play with like a spouse or a loved one <laughs> i think playing warrior is also a fucking goofy experience yeah. to get the kids around and, and play together with uh, it. yeah but maybe mario party like superstars i don't know that just feels like a family yeah. party game i think of wario as like a sex villain <laughs> do you want to go into that a little bit more i know we're going long but like tell nah, me about i that. don't really i don't really want to get into it i just think of him as a sex villain i think like if there was bad guys of sex it would be wario <laughs> Like, is he just bad at it and that's a crime unto itself? Or is he just so perverse and vile in what he does? <laughs> I, yeah, I think he goes uh, leaps and bounds above, like, what would be, like, considered, I don't know, fine. <laughs> like, he, he's discovered a fourth hole for entry. Right. That is not, <laughs> yeah. not okay. <laughs> yeah, like, anything that he's, that, like, things that he communicates that are sexy in his mind mm-hmm. would, like, make you cringe, like, almost instantly. Be like, wait. <laughs> like, he, he definitely seems like he's into foot play and pioneering the idea of like belly button sex i think there's a lot of poop stuff of like poop involved stuff. Yeah. involved with it and he thinks that that's okay because he feels like a pig in the mud with that kind of shit God damn it so uh <laughs> he feels like a pig in the mud <laughs> listen we're we're at the end of the episode nobody's listening yeah exactly they're not gonna know about the sex villain wario <laughs> D- dingo if you catch this say yeah. hi yeah Watch your your fuck your uncle David will be like driving along, <laughs> and he'll be like, "Oh man, not only do I have my daughter, I've got my niece, and, <laughs> like in the car listening to this." Oh, oh my shit! Uh, best sports slash racing game goes to Forza Horizon Five. Seems like, it seems like a cheat to like throw in racing into best like sports because then it's like, well, yeah, it feels like there's racing. no. S- oh, I mean, there's sports games in here. Riders FIFA. Republic, FIFA, yeah, Riders that is Republic. that is racing though. You know, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. Boring. I want to play Forza though. I hear it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, best sim strategy goes to Age of Age of Empires Four. I can't contest any of these. I no inscription was one that people are screaming for on that one as well because it's like an interesting sim strategy like card game. Yeah. While being a horror game, so. I admit it looks cool. Yeah. I would never play it, but it looks cool. Looks very cool. Best multiplayer goes to It Takes Two. People were really up on this. It It Takes Two shit. I think you know it took the most awards this year. It did. Which is crazy from the fuck Oscars guy. Just clean it up, man. They uh, just wanted to see... They wanted to make sure this guy got on the stage. Yeah. This is the meme of this year. It is. I don't think people actually played this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it sold pretty well. It did. Really and it, I mean, it had such a cool idea of like, okay, there's the, the free like buddy pass where it's like one person buys the game, somebody could play it for free, which is yeah. awesome. Fair. Uh, most anticipated game went to Elden Ring. Yeah, it makes sense. Which comes out in two months, which I don't know. You're not, you're not most anticipated for that? What's your most anticipated? Oh, Sonic Frontiers now, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I would know. almost get like have more anticipation. I don't know. It's don't a say weird God one. of War. It's a weird one. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. He said he was about to I'll say, say God of War, yeah. He was say God of War. Because it's like, what? so with most anticipated game, right? Like, I yeah. think it's more rational to get excited about something with a release date on it, whereas a lot of these are just kind of like vaporware ideas. A lot of right. these? I mean... Save for Horizon. So hang on. All of these have a date except for Breath of the Wild 2. What's the date for God of War? 
2022. Or, oh, is that not dated? <laughs> no. I thought they said it was like June or some shit. I know. So two games don't have a date on this. Starfield, the rest have a date. Starfield is what, November? So three out of five of these games have a date. <laughs> and you're like, these are all vaporware. But it just feels like a lot of those are going to slip out of their date anyway. Okay. Like, I don't think Starfield's going to come out when it's supposed to. Well, if the Mark vibe ain't right, you got to slip out of a date. <laughs> Save room says. Five ain't right, slip Five out. Five ain't right, slip out of date. Uh, also, Wario's a sex pest. <laughs> He's a sex villain, sorry. That's, uh, that's worse than sex pest. Last two on here, I mean, innovation and accessibility presented by Chevrolet, obviously. <laughs> that went to a car game. I missed game. that. I missed that. Uh, Forza Horizon 5. Oh, dude, this is collusion. Yeah. That's rigged. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I, I mean, mean, Ratchet and Clank had some good accessibility features. It did. I can't it speak did. to Far Cry 6. Uh, it also did. Yeah. Every time you start the game, it says, press cross to start. So that's how you know it has accessibility options. Uh, and last one on here, best esports game is League of Legends, which I feel like maybe only won because of the the Netflix show. Wow, yeah. you think the recency bias of I... of people's heart hearts getting ripped out because of the story of Jinx? I'm just surprised like Valorant didn't get it because that's the right. game that like people are like really hot up on. Really? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, League is so new. Yeah, true. Isn't yeah. League from like 2011 <laughs> or some shit? It's old, yeah, but it's, it's one of those games game. where it's had like new life here and there. I have no stake. I don't either. In that restaurant. Chicken only. So that was your Game Awards 2021 presented by Jeff Lee Keeley. And Chevrolet. And Chevrolet. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's nothing uh, else we could say. <laughs> it was a ride. It had some disappointing moments. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as yeah, exciting Jeff. as I thought it could be uh i was glad to see sting um you know it's just i hope they raise the standard next year um and maybe you know make lower value plays right like you know okay it doesn't need to be this long or maybe we don't even need to do it certain years like i don't whoa i don't understand like why it needs to be this like status quo because games come out every year that's true right we're just gonna skip the years that games come out no 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 no, these titles it's one of those things, though, where it's like, if you're going to make an award show every every year, make it feel like an award show, right? Like, make okay. it feel like this big thing that's actually celebrating awards. the reason why we're there, right? They gave, they gave awards they just did. really quickly. Ugh, I don't know. And sometimes they would have, like, a person presented, like, Shang-Chi. How'd you feel about that? That bit where he's, like, presenting best action game, but he's on his phone the entire time talking about Halo? Yeah. Oh, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I love the bit. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, the bit was a little overdrawn. Yeah, so overdrawn. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? It would have been sick if he was like wearing the the Master Chief outfit and like came out with it. That would have been cool. And he just like takes off the helmet and just going like, hey guys, uh, can you guess what I've been playing? <laughs> <laughs> it's and Halo. He, and he goes, Genshin Impact. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he got us all. Oh, we saw a trailer for the Halo TV show. Oh, yeah. By the way. They showed the Master Chief. His suit. Jackson Oh, no, goddammit. I thought we were going to make it one fucking episode. I'm pulling my hair out. Um, this was a heartwarming thing to see, like, kind of the afterswell of people, like, because we follow a lot of games media people on Twitter. Just seeing them just be happy to see their friends and, like, celebrate gaming together in a public space again, which is something we didn't really get to do last year. So, I don't know. I'm happy for these people that get together and see their friends. For... Yeah, the pandemic's over. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Omicron who? We defeated Omicron by continuing to ignore advice and not wear masks. <laughs> That's America, baby. Thank, thank you, Americans, <sighs> for doing your part. <laughs> and thank you, Jeff, for doing your part. Fake no, it. wait, actually. Oh, he didn't do anything. Oh, shit, Jeff. But the world premieres? Oh, and also, yeah, also, like, fucking, like, half of them or whatever, man. 
All right, Jeff. We'll see you next well, year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You, we'll see you in the summer, man. Yeah, we'll see you in the summer yeah. fest. Hope you have yeah. a good hibernation period. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, game awards. Yep. There you go. It's done. We'll have more detailed talks about game of the year when we do our episode because I feel like that's when we're just gonna fucking roll up the sleeves, do some dirty Wario maneuvers, and just get filthy with the games we like get this year. Real filthy with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a pig in a pig's pen. Starring Nicolas Cage. You've referenced that like twice this week. Pig? Yeah. You should watch it. It's good. I is, hear it's good. Is it new? Yeah. Hmm. Came out this year. I still need to see Mandy. Mandy's great. Yeah. You should watch Mandy, but it's going to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I like movies that make me uncomfortable. Yeah? Like Requiem for <laughs> That's Dream. the exact movie. That is the most... Dis- I hate that movie. I feel like that was the last good Jared Leto movie before he became what he is now. Yeah. What did he become? The House of Gucci. See the House of he Gucci, like Daniel. The House of Gucci. Yeah. Now isn't he now like a cult leader? He has is like he? a little cult on his little island. People follow him around. They smell his farts and then they worship him. Yeah. I don't like that. Not my Joker. Not my Joker. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the Save Rooms, the Game Awards room review. Starring us, Kevin and Daniel. <laughs> uh, if you want to check us out on Twitter for some reason, it's at Save Room Show. If you want to check us out elsewhere, remember, it's the Google Play, it's the Spotify, it's the iTunes. It's everywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're the Save Room with the blue lit logo and the typewriter. There's three other podcasts called the Save Room that you got to kind of sift through that I'm sure we're really hyped about this Game Awards this year. Mm-hmm. We weren't. <laughs> yeah, but we're blue. Think yeah. Save Room Blue, like the Blue Pill. Right. Save Room Blue. Blue, blue pill. pill. Yeah. Stay stuck in this reality. <laughs> this weird podcasting Stay reality. Stay stuck in this reality. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good night. Good night, guys.